0: Here go. what's up everybody welcome to the house of mario the south australian nintendo podcast that is backed by a 120 power star rating and the doors to episode 203 are open i'm really surprised i didn't screw that up hello everyone welcome to the house of mario Uh, This week we will be talking briefly about that uh, Pokemon Direct that came up, uh, the Pokemon Presents. Uh, And on top of that, we've got something very special for the rest of the episode. Nothing too big on the news today, just the Pokemon stuff. Uh, And to experience all of this with me, including our special little segment, we have a member from our Discord community who has been with us for a very long time, Metadox. How are you going, man? Yeah, I'm pretty good. How are you, Bryce? I'm uh, pretty good. I got uh, one of my cats back yesterday, which was great, because he ran away for six months. i uh, will um, love it. <laughs> well, we, I mean, we talked about it at the start of the show, but he's very skittish, so he's currently sitting on my computer desk while I'm recording. Uh, so, uh, hopefully he doesn't act up too much, but he should be fine. He's pretty sleepy, so no problems there. Um, so, he should be fine. Today, everybody, uh, obviously, we've got that Pokemon Presents we're going to talk about. So that's going to come out first. And then we've got what I, something that I'd like to call generational gap with a twist. So we've <laughs> we've talked about this in previous episodes uh, as, as long as about like nearly two months ago, I think. Um, where we're going to be uh, talking about Pokemon generations as people who have entered the Pokemon series at different times. And then basically what's going to happen with that... Is we're each going to talk for each generation for three minutes, then have a roundup conversation, and we're each going to give it a score out of five. I'm going to make a note of that, and uh, <laughs> at the end of it, we are going to take those scores, add them together, and see what comes out on top and what sits at the very bottom. So I need to open a notepad. I've done that. Sweet, <laughs> could be interesting. It should be it should be really good because um, we've obviously both had uh, very separate experiences to each other, depending on where we've been at. Um, mm. It's it's been a long twenty five years of Pokemon, so uh, it should be very interesting to see how each of us views each generation. I'm very keen
1: for that. Yeah, not quite 25 for me, but... yeah. No, 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 yeah, yeah, <laughs> but like 20, 25 for no. the series. 25 yeah. overall, it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. It's so, to have a lot of people with different experiences.
0: Well, that's exactly right. Um, so, without further ado, I mean, we're just, we're just going to get straight into this news. Obviously, this was big, and uh, Drew won't be back for this week, obviously, because we're doing this right now. Uh, and next week, which I've got something else planned, and I'll... Uh, Talk about that briefly on the episode, but only hint at it. I don't really want to give it all away, um, and I'll tell Meta about it later because he deserves it. Uh, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves it for coming on and uh, being my extra this week. So thank you very much for that, man. No um, time, man. Mm, easy. So uh, let's get <laughs> into this uh, Pokemon news, man. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Yeah!
2: Beca, beca! Is that all? Oh, I
0: hi. fight for my friends. Whoa-ho! Still. So, first of all, we've got Pokémon Cafe Remix news. Basically, it was just saying that there's going to be new, uh, more Pokémon uh, coming to your cafe, uh, and the Pokémon are now able to eat the food that you prepare for them. Hooray!
1: <laughs> Fantastic. Groundbreaking.
0: Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, anything catch or I hear at all?
1: Oh, no.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> and I- Unfortunately, no. that's the thing with these Pokemon presents. Is like all this mobile news that comes out. It's not very interesting, huh?
1: No. I I I have been meaning to try out uh, Cafe Mix, but I just I just don't really care. It's 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 not anything on my priorities. Yeah. I guess.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I like I played it for a very small amount of time, and uh, it didn't hold me long enough. It was like a thirty-minute run, and uh, yeah. I was like, yeah, cool. Um. So yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I suppose if you're into Cafe Remix, just be aware there's new content. As far as I can tell, as far as I can tell, there's no date on some of it, whether there's some out now or what have you. Uh, so yeah, just check that out when you can, I suppose. Uh, next up was the, uh, Pokemon Masters EX, which, I mean, we know that's got a very unfortunate hashtag, but here we go. Um... (laughs) We have, uh, in celebration of Pokemon Masters, uh, Master EX's two-year anniversary, a new legendary event, Howling Shield of Eternity, and the power of Dynamaxing are coming to the game. From now until 10.59pm, uh, to PDT on September 15th, to September 15th, rather, players can assist Gloria, Hop and Leon as they try and help the legendary Pokemon Eternatus, which has arrived along on the island with a mysterious Meteor. Uh, and so, being the second anniversary, obviously there's extra gacha bonuses, uh, whether it be rolls or what have you, and a special um, version of N with uh, Rashiram, I think, uh, to roll for. So, I mean, if you're uh, in that gacha sphere, there's a uh, really nice looking N there. I know that uh, you look, you uh, felt pretty good about this one.
1: I like, I, I like that design. I, I, I'm I a sucker for a man With uh, long green hair and suits What can I say
0: <laughs> Yeah And I mean uh, You know what uh, he, he looks pretty good He's definitely He's one of my favourite characters In the entire Pokemon universe So seeing more end content Is always great Absolutely uh, yeah. I love
1: myself some end
0: Yeah He's a uh, Peter that can read minds Hooray <laughs> Alright, so uh, next up we've got uh, Pokemon Go news, obviously this is probably the biggest news out of the lot and that is uh, Pokemon from the Galar region will be making an appearance from August 20 to August 31st, obviously if you're playing Go you're already experiencing this I haven't opened it yet, Uh, I really should, I want to get a Phalanx Um, but oh well uh, but you've also got uh, Galarian Legendary Pokemon Zashian uh, making its debut in five-star raids from August 20 to 26, and then followed by Zamazenta in 20, uh, on 26th of August to September 1st. Um, so this is cool. Um, a <clears throat> bit of a random drop in its own sense. Uh, just like in mm. this Pokemon Presents, they're kind of just like, oh yeah, there's no
1: significant date behind this. We're just going to put them here. Um, I'm kind of surprised that they... Uh, like, did a little droplet of Gen Eight Pokemon before they even have they really finished with Gen Six? No, I don't think they have. No, no, no. and they, they they haven't even touched Gen Seven yet, other than Alolan forms. Um no. I'm just very surprised that they decided to jump straight to Gen Eight.
0: Yeah, see, I'm not really sure what their thinking was behind it uh but i mean uh, pokemon go has always been sort of a drip feed kind of game and like you know we had a lol on exeggutor like a long time ago for no reason as well really so it was yeah i i don't i don't really know what their thought process is in the uh development team of pokemon go but oh well
1: <laughs> no clue <laughs> <laughs>
0: not at all um all right so next up obviously we've got some uh pokemon unite stuff uh those of you that have been playing i hope uh, you've had some good luck and uh i know that this is going to be a lot of uh, f- people's first MOBA so i hope you're enjoying rage fests um so obviously they talk briefly about the pokemon unite launch over the course of the uh presents and they also uh sort of um what was it? It was like a, hollow, uh, hollow gear drop or whatever for Pikachu as well for pre-registering.
1: I think that was it. Um, yeah. Um, if 2 million, no, five, five million, yep. uh, players pre-registered, they get the, the skin.
0: Oh, okay, cool. Very cool. Yeah. And it was like a really neat little, uh, hollow wear skin. So that, that's cool. Um, but, uh, you know, overall kind of just another thing that's like, oh yeah, that, that, that's okay. I suppose. Um there it is um claimable uh along with the Pikachu Unite license, uh by completing the login event by October thirty first. Uh and the actual game will be available to download on September twenty second. Uh how is your Unite
1: experience going, Meta? Um the only time I played it was in was when I played with you, actually. Um It was it wasn't too bad actually. Um Obviously, it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. It's got its flaws, that's for sure. But I think with some balancing, they could make it a lot better. Yep. Um, it's not going to become the next huge esport, that's for sure. But I think it's got potential to become better as they keep working on it.
0: Yeah. And I mean, like, I, I agree with that. And that's the thing with MOBAs, as MOBAs are very dependent on their balancing schedules um, if a game if if a MOBA game is not balanced unfortunately it usually falls to the way- wayside because people don't want to play unbalanced MOBAs at all uh, they get very competitive even in the casual scene, uh, League of Legends is a extremely good example of that um, and it really sort of just boils down to okay here's, here's Unite's coming to mobile on September 22nd there's two new Pokemon coming out. It was Blissey
1: and,
0: damn, who was the second Pokemon? God of War. No, God of War has come out already.
1: Oh, oh, is there another one?
0: Yeah, so I, I think it was like Blissey and something else, right? Uh, I'll see if I can pull it up real quick. Uh, no, it's actually not mentioned in this article. Oh, yeah, no, hang on. Hmm. Uh, there was Blissey, which was announced the other day and then during that present that presents they announced Mamoswine and Sylvion. Mm. Uh, so I mean I'm happy Sylveon's coming to the game, one of my favorite EV Eevee, evolutions Eevee, hands down. So that's uh, brilliant. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I actually <laughs> uh, I, I watched the presents in call with some friends and uh, when Mamoswine showed up we were all just like oh yeah. Mamoswine's awesome. <laughs> I'm glad that he's getting some love.
0: Yeah, I mean um that's the thing is uh He's uh, definitely kind of that that weird inclusion because he's not among the most popular Pokemon or anything, but uh, he's it's definitely cool to see something being represented that isn't just the general, right? Yeah, totally. Cool. All right. So uh, <laughs> the last thing that's, I guess, we'll call it minor major to talk about is the new uh, Nintendo Switch Lite that's coming out in celebration of Brilliant diamond shining pearl. And that is the uh Palkia Dialga Nintendo Switch Lite. Um so this thing kind of just looks like a grey Switch, um like a grey switch model, with a nice gold print of Palkia and a nice silver print of Dialga on the back. Um it is coming out November fifth. Yeah, November fifth. So uh if you Yeah, you're a, a little bit of- before. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah um so i mean if you're into it that's uh that's great i'm personally not interested in a new switch light i can really give less of a care especially since the oled's coming out if i'm going to spend money on a new switch it'll be for the oled um and i know that drew's already dropped 10 bucks on on it he uh he can't get enough of his uh switches he's already got too many in his house and now he needs another one apparently he's a sucker uh, for
1: switch lights isn't he
0: This is like his. This would have to be like his third or fourth. Third,
1: yeah, I'd say third.
0: Uh, Well, (laughs) he's got the he's got the yellow one. He's got the special edition one. I swear he got one. Yeah, I swear he got another one.
1: Did he get the coral
0: pink one or Um, the salmon one when it came out? I think he said he wanted to. I'm not sure if he did. And that is that's that's like what's hinging on my mind here is I can't exactly Mm, remember. Uh, but he did get special Mario Switch as well uh, that was just yeah. a regular Switch so um, yeah I'm not too sure but uh, I <laughs> I mean good luck to him having that many Switches in the house he's going to have to give one of them to his uh, kid eventually so
1: <laughs> I'm just looking at the um, the design compared to like the, the Diamond and Pearl uh, special edition DS light mm-hmm. and <clears throat> the Diaga and Palkia printings on the back are one hundred percent identical. Yeah, yeah. They're exactly the same, I, which I, think, I I don't have a problem with. I think they look I, great.
0: I I I think that's what they said in the direct, though, wasn't it? Was that it was? Yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It
1: was to mimic the the Switch light, uh, the the DS light. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. But honestly, this might this um this Switch light might be my favorite looking one. Maybe bar the pink one.
2: Um, I, love I mean, it, it looks great. I'm,
0: I'm inclined to, I'm inclined to agree, but that's simply because I like darker colors. Yeah, um, same. So, I mean, you know that that's probably just personal preference, uh, down to what it is. A lot that like a lot of the colorful ones are actually pretty great as well. Uh, but because I'm more of a darker colored person, these ones are obviously a lot more appealing. Uh, it's definitely better than the sword and shield one. I have to uh, say.
1: I don't mind the sword and shield one, but oh, yeah, okay. it's it's definitely an improvement, that's for sure.
0: The off-colored ones <laughs> and sticks and stuff—they annoy me, man. Yeah. I hate it. Oh, I don't know why it is that way. All right, oh, so let's what... go ahead. I know man.
1: what. I know what switch you went with in uh, launch uh, on launch day. Oh hell yeah! The, <laughs> the gray one. You know it. Not neon for life. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, let's move into the actual content of this Pokemon The good, products. the good news. That, yeah, that's right. The good or news. The so news. we got we got some uh, little little trailer footage and some a little, a little bit more information on Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Not that they really needed any like a heap more clarification, I suppose. Um, a lot of a lot of the stuff that people took away from this was more actually in the trailer itself rather than them talking about it afterwards. And that was stuff like uh, contests coming back in full. Obviously, seals on Pokeballs, which is great. Uh, the underground is back in its full glory. Um, and then there was also like a little sprinkle of stuff in there that you were kind of like, whoa, I didn't expect that. And um, I think the biggest takeaway from me from this uh, little showing for Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl was the fact that they have underground caverns filled with Pokemon that you access through the underground
1: yes oh man I'm, s- I'm so happy that they like completely uh revamped the underground like they changed the name even to the grand underground um yeah that's but crazy. um apparently the type of Pokemon that changes um in those tab uh, those cabins um uh vary depending on the statues that you have in your secret base. Oh, really? Um, I didn't actually I, catch that. Yeah, um, I believe they said it uh, at some point uh, in their little explanation reel, but um, it's to do with the type of the Pokemon. So, like, if you put, uh, like, a, a, a Jade Melotic statue and a uh, Blastoise statue, it'll increase the rates of water types. Same for, like, fire, grass, etc. <clears throat> right, but, well, I'm glad you caught uh... that. <laughs> yeah i i was um i was what i actually i actually learned like a a bulk of that through the the video that austin john did uh just covering like the the website information that they didn't really cover in the trailers um yep 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 just you know going in depth with it but yeah no i'm so happy that they did stuff with the underground and um customization uh (laughs) trainer customization it's not it's not like the full shebang it's more of what let's go did but um i th- i think that that's a great addition
0: yeah absolutely um i think i think the game's shaping up to look a lot uh, better than it was when it, it was initially shown um i know we talked about that before we started the show as well uh but i think that's definitely um like the opinion we hold i think uh it's uh, going to be good return to Gen Four, just for a little romp, kind of like Let's Go was for Gen One, uh, and I think that's all it really needs to be, right? Uh, that's the additional content is actually really great. I like that they're trying to do things with the Underground that, honestly, like I would have I would have been amazed to have been seen in the original releases, but the fact that they're coming now is it, it's probably not hitting me as hard as it would have back then but like it's definitely a 100 uh i guess positive uh change in general for the underground there was no way that like the underground being as it was especially in today's standards like uh where nobody can go outside and like have fun anymore uh that um the underground, as it was, was, sim- uh, was simply going to do. This This gives it a lot more single-player content viability, which is fantastic. It means that it's not ignored. And I think that's really, really good for the state of that game.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> I, I do hope that they still include um, some of the things like setting traps and being able to run around with other players and um there was I didn't really play the underground because uh, I didn't have that many friends that were into Pokemon growing up. Um because it was kind of on its way out. COD was the new big thing. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> it's alright. We all had
0: that despite whatever yeah. generation we we're in, don't worry about that. Oh definitely.
1: Um but um that kind of led me to never really using the underground. Um but from what I remember, there was uh some kind of mini game with like how many times or like something to do with like other like trapping other players and and getting other people to walk into your traps. I hope there's like a little um multiplayer kind of mini game to do with that um and they could even incorporate some of the new stuff with the those Pokemon taverns uh caverns I don't know why I keep saying taverns (laughs) (laughs) just walking in and there's a weasel having a furfeet something I don't
0: know (laughs) he's really floating now no
2: um
1: but no I um I'm glad that they did something with the underground like proper um but Yeah, no, the the graphical overhaul in general um, that happened, like, just comparing the first trailer that we got back in February to this trailer, you can very, it's a stark contrast. It's like, it's black and white. You can see how much has changed, how much better it looks. they did the kind of field of view thing with uh that they did with Link's awakening which i know from what i remember you didn't really like yeah. um <laughs> but it doesn't look as um as intense as that no. which is good yeah. yeah um but it just the, the the lighting and the details on like buildings and the grass and the trees and the backgrounds in battle everything is improved so much compared to what it was back then which we all were worried about um and then the switch oled trailer came out and we were like hang on that's different and we (laughs) all got our hopes up and they did not disappoint which is good but yeah, yeah i'm very happy with the overhaul
0: yeah me too i think it's uh definitely looking a lot better now and like i'm i'm less worried which is good um obviously As we sort of get into it, uh, we'll uh, discuss Gen 4. It's definitely not my favourite generation, and I mean, I'll talk about it then, but uh, it will be good to have something to just revisit it. I think that is like the main importance for it. Uh, So yeah, I I guess just uh, sort of to capitalise and cap off on that, comes out later this year in November. um, And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, that trailer left you a little bit more satisfied than what we'd seen sort of initially. Uh, Next up, alright The next, the next last big thing Was more news on Pokemon Legends Arceus So, uh, talking about Legends Arceus I don't think on this show we've ever said anything negative about it And you know what, we're definitely not saying anything negative now I I definitely think this is a good push forward for Game Freak Like in general i think it's great um it looks even better with this new trailer to see that there's uh, new forms for pokemon and new evolutions for pokemon that were previously ignored to some degree or considered trash mon Um,
1: basculegion i'm so excited for basculegion oh yeah one of the most uh unloved pokemon from gen 5 is getting so much more attention now and it's its its evolution is incredible, yeah. And and the the story behind it with the whole like it's infested with the souls of um, other Basculan that died on its travels up like upstream. That's insane. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. Um, but the design is awesome as well. And I'm, they haven't shown off a blue stripe form, which I found interesting. Um. But they'll there probably would have just. To be one. There's gotta be one. Um, you would think so, unless they do like um. Uh, a separate evolution. Who knows? I don't know. Unless they do the a solid form. Yeah, basically. Oh, oh god, no, no, no. That would be awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: oh no. A shiny Basculin that's blue. <sighs> <laughs> um. I would uh, cry. Yeah, but. Uh, Apart from that as well, they showed off that there's like very much like Pokemon ride ish features like gliding with a Braviary and riding a, a weird ear and stuff like that as well. Something that's obviously very uh, akin to Breath of the Wild, which is what people have always been comparing this to, is uh, calling it Pokemon Breath of the Wild. Um, I think... Uh, it- it, it looks good. And I like the fact that, uh, when you initiate battles and stuff like that, or you've got Pokemon attacking you, they can actually like knock you out as a, as a trainer. So what I'm presuming is that when your Pokemon get knocked out, you're not just going to be wiped out immediately. You're going to have the opportunity to run, which is something that is, uh, definitely different for Pokemon. Um, and I think it's really, uh, really creative in its own design that uh, they're allowing that opportunity to be more reactive to Pokemon in the environment. I think that's
1: really good. Oh, absolutely. I'm. Uh, there's so much that I want to say about Legends. It is the game that I've been dreaming of since I was butterwee lad.
0: Butterwee lad? Like... Uh,
1: give, give me a sec. Um,
0: here's the thing is like, as this game sort of progresses in in development, uh, and more is shown off, there's a lot of people that may say about it and, uh, you know, I understand concerns, especially, uh, because of Sword and Shield. It is sort of unfortunate that a lot of people are sort of dismissing this very quickly. I think it absolutely has the potential to really 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 push forward and be sort of a standout for game freak which is incredibly different for them uh having a new pokemon experience in general is is definitely definitely just the highlight of it all Mm. um whether it'll ever sort of Integrate some of those things back into the main game. I'm not quite sure, but it, it's it's definitely caught my attention. It feels a lot more alive, which is fantastic because Pokémon's felt very static for a long time. Uh, the wild area was a step up for that in mm. some respects, but it also feels like the wild area was very much a beta
1: test for this. Oh, um, a million percent, absolutely. Yeah,
0: <laughs> like you know, it, it is it is sort of a case of like there were Pokemon in the wild area that would just react to you standing there or running around, or they would see you and just sprint after you. And they were kind of like, they were really testing out like, I wonder what would happen if a Pokemon saw you like out Mm. in the open. And it's obvious that they've, that they've tried it. They've taken that data and they're like, all right, let's put that into a big open world Pokemon game. And I think that's great.
1: Definitely. Um, One thing I'd like to bring up, actually, is um, the trailer back in February. um, A lot of people were talking about how uh, choppy the animations were for the Pokémon in the overworld. Uh, Specifically, the Chingling was really bad. That was moving very, like, 10 or less frames a second, Um, but actually in the new trailer, uh, you can see there's it's it's a bit out of the way. It's hard to like notice, but you can see a chingling in the background running at a much smoother frame uh, frame rate, which is very good to see. It's glad I- I'm really glad that they're um upping the the performance um, because like we saw in the wild area in Sword and Shield, it um it had its dips. Uh, in performance, especially when you were online. Um, which definitely held it back from being the smoothest experience, but it's it's good that they're paying attention to that, uh, I feel.
0: Yeah, I uh, I definitely agree with that too. I, I feel like they have looked at the people's comments and they've really sort of taken them in stride, especially after everything that happened with Sword and Shield. Um, obviously, there was a lot of non-warranted comments against Sword and Shield, and uh, some were, you know, kind of harsh, but I think most of the player base in general were just concerned that, uh, you know, after paying so much attention to Pokemon as a series for such a long time, that they just wanted something to be of quality. Uh, And, you know, that's that's perfectly reasonable, but I think, uh, you know, with... Just the constructive criticism that sort of come out when the first trailer come out and uh, them looking back on Twitter or whatever socials they may be following to sort of gauge player feedback based on these reactions. I think it's worked well and I think uh, they're definitely finding their sort of balance, which is good. I really hope that they sort of um, keep this up and sort of push forward and uh, make it just a brilliantly performing Pokemon game. Obviously there's going to be problems. It is an open world game. But uh I think they're definitely on the path to good here.
1: I definitely think it's uh shaping up to be something special. Yeah. Um absolutely. like like I said, it's the game that I've been dreaming of since I was like seven. Um I always loved the idea of being able to just go out in a Pokemon game. Go out into the world, see Pokemon running around, and just throw Pokemon at them, or throw my Pokemon out, and then bam, battle starts. Um, I think that's something that I um, I really loved about the Minecraft mod Pixelmon. Um, I, I I never really got into that, but uh, it that was kind of like what i was wanting at the time and then this is that but just like proper like you know the full um full experience you know not just a a mod for another game yeah. like it's this is the open world pokemon game or at least the first because i really do hope that they keep building upon um this kind of gameplay um, with more uh, legends titles, even like they could do more legendaries. Like, hell, Gen Five, they could do legends like whatever they decide the original dragon's name would be. I don't know, yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah,
2: uh,
0: I think um, I think there's a lot of potential in Legends as a uh, spin-off series. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, uh, we've made it 32 minutes in, so what we're going to oh, do great. is we're going to call it there on that uh, that conversation. It comes out in January, everybody. Uh, if you're excited, I suppose, just let us know in the Discord, which, by the way, you know, you can click that link down in the <laughs> box and uh, it'll take you there and you can talk to people like us. So, without further ado, let's move into the main meat of the show, because it's obviously going to be the thing that takes the longest Oh yeah, definitely. and I think I think uh, I think it's definitely going to be a lot of fun. So let's let's start it off with this uh, ge- this generational gap. We're calling it. So yes. obviously, I explained the rules earlier. We're going to go from Gen One to Gen Eight. I think that's uh, pretty simple. Yep. Yeah. No questions asked. Um, we're going to be on a three minute timer each. Obviously, I've explained the rules to Metadocs already. Three minute timer each, and we're going to time each other through our conversation. After we've finished our three minutes of gush. Essentially, what will happen is we'll just come to a conclusion, give it a score, I'll write down the score, and we'll combine the title, and then we'll do that for every generation, and then we'll go from first place to eighth place, like it's a race of Mario Kart. So, uh, we're going to start with Generation 1. Do you want to go first, my friend, or would you rather I go first? I want to hear, I, I hear what you've got to say first, I think. Okay, no worries. Yep. All right. Oh, just all right. let me stretch my just let me stretch my lung muscles there for a second because I've got a lot to fit in in 3 minutes for just about all of these. Definitely. But definitely. It just it it definitely just stops us from going over time. Mm. Uh so all right. You can start the countdown whenever. Tell me when to go.
1: All right. Uh we'll just go now. I've clicked the button.
0: Beautiful. So, generation 1 uh, was the generation that I started Pokemon with all that long time ago. Uh, it was obviously about uh, three months, uh, three months, three years difference out. Uh, generation 1 definitely is an extremely quirky generation for Pokemon, mainly because it was its beginnings. That's uh, without a question. The Pokemon sprites were definitely weird. Um, <laughs> all of them were strange in red, blue, and green, without any question. They definitely had some improvements in uh, yellow, which were good uh the overall flow of generation one is pretty tops for what it's worth the gym leaders are all very memorable people uh there was a lot of weird bugs in generation one and definitely getting through all of those existential challenges all the way to the elite four and beating the elite four there was one of the most delayed experiences i had when i was younger uh holding up today though it definitely is a very rough generation in a lot of ways Obviously, uh, back in the day, they didn't have the same splits as they do now in terms of stats, and that made things either unbalanced or really balanced. <laughs> it uh, it really is hard to tell sometimes. They also did some really bad decision-making with moves like Rap, and Rap Dragonite is considered, I think, the only Uber in the game. Uh, so, <laughs> that's uh, kind of rough there. Um, now, overall, as an experience... Uh, red, Blue, and Yellow are good games to go through at the very least once. Uh, there's definitely new versions of them out today that are better ways to experience Generation 1 without any questionable of a dou- uh, question of a doubt. Um, but thinking of it from the perspective as if it was the only game out at the time, it it's very obvious why those games sold as many copies as they did. Uh, they are definitely rough and... They definitely could have used a lot more polish, but they were a very, very good RPG for the Game Boy, Then I don't think anybody can honestly deny that. Uh, they were considered some of the longest with one of the longest completion titles for the Game Boy in terms of like its catalogue, uh, and it definitely kick-started something that would sort of come to a point where... We have what we have today and we can attribute that a lot to a lot of the generation one Pokemon, a lot of the generation one personalities, uh, the merchandising around the game, the overall, um, I guess idea generalization behind the game and it's, it's built something that's incredible from something that is really, really rough, (laughs) um, so, I can't really fault it all that much it 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 is it is a rough experience with rough um damn it <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's all right it. that's time anyway that's okay that's all right yeah uh,
0: to finalize that off basically it it is it is what it is it it's going back to it now is always going to feel rough there's no question about that um but it hasn't aged it hasn't aged like a fine wine, it's sort of aged like a cheese, if anything, and cheese can be percepted in different ways. So you know what? Generation one is okay. I like the cheese analogy. That, mm. that fits quite mm. well actually.
2: Mm, that's yeah. right. Yeah.
0: All right. All right. So uh, it's your turn. You uh, right. you can uh, prepare yourself and I'll get you started. Okay. Uh you just tell me when you're ready.
1: Yeah, whatever. Just let me know when okay. you started it. Alright, and it's, uh, go. Okay, well, obviously it started off the whole Bloomin' franchise. It hasn't lasted 25 years for no reason. Um, these games were a craze, um, and there's definitely a reason for that. You can see like, where people's excitement was coming from. It was a new thing, this whole idea of monster collecting and, um... You know, that general gist, being able to interact with other players in uh, a way that I don't think many people had ever experienced before. It definitely pioneered um, that type of multiplayer experience, uh, at least I feel. Um, The exploration um, was decent. I'm just going off of my notes. Um, Exploration was really good. Um, It really did feel like you weren't going across the country, you know, just traveling from area to area, making your way from point A to B, C, whatever. Um, It felt like a real place. Unfortunately, there wasn't really much to do after completing the game. Um, There was obviously the Pokédex, you know, finishing that. Um, Mewtwo, uh, that was a big, big thing uh, with the cave, uh, Cerulean cave, I think. Um, Very buggy, obviously, um, with the glitch and being able to access the uh, scrapped Professor Oak fight and a lot of other things. And the balancing was horrendous. Um, Psychic types obviously need no introduction. They were absolutely overpowered. Ghost types were meant to be the counter, and there was only one line of those, and they were dual type with a type that was weak to Psychic, and a bug in the game made it so Ghost wasn't actually super effective against Psychic, which kind of ruined the whole thing. Um, Not to mention the only dragon type move in the entire game, not just attacking move, just dragon type move overall, was Dragon Rage. Which Deals a flat 40 damage no matter what. And the only good, like, the best bug move in the game was Twin Needle, which only has 25 base power, it hits twice, and is only learned by Beedrill, which is a really bad Pokemon in these games, like, st- stats wise. And, um, <laughs> it made Psychic way too powerful. Um, like I said, it's hard to fault it because it was the stem from which this whole Time. thing grew. Yep. I'll oh, finish my point. It's it's where um, this whole thing came from, so it's 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 difficult to fault it for that. But overall, it's a it's def like you said, it's definitely an experience that you you need at least once, but you don't really need to keep keep coming back to it. That's about it. All right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well said. Well said. Well said. All right. Well, so in in conclusion, I think uh, both of us can definitely agree that it is rough. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Without any question. Obviously, balancing was out the window in generation um, generation one. While uh, like some of the sprites and stuff like that, uh, I think personally they have they have charm in their own dated way, but they're mm. definitely confusing by design for
1: some of them if you if you compare a lot of the um sprites from uh red blue even even yellow uh to the stuff we've got in gold and silver you can you can clearly see that even on the game boy they were not the best
0: no no yeah and um it, it only took one generational bump to realize that they could be much better um but uh, for what it was worth, like, it is, it is the beginning of where it is. There's no denying that whatsoever. Um, and, you know, it, it's worth that experience once. But you're not going to sit there and you're not going to sort of get to the end of the game and then think, all right, what's the best meta I can make for Pokemon? Uh, red, blue, and yellow. Because the balancing is completely out the window. You can finish the Pokedex, but it doesn't really lead you to anything, and it hasn't <coughs> it hasn't really over the next couple of generations. Um, so it's sort of run that edges. the The main end game in that game was finishing the Pokedex and beating Cerulean Cave, which are both pretty short experiences for Gen One. Uh, but as a Game Boy title, it was a really long experience, which is definitely something that uh, you can't say much about Game Boy titles. Most of them were designed to be anywhere from you know 15 minute to five hour experiences at the very most whereas like pokemon lasted 20 odd back in those days even
1: (laughs) um yeah it was it was an impressive game for the game boys standards um but even that would be blown out of the water when gold and silver came around yeah at least in terms of like sheer amount of content
0: yeah, absolutely. So, uh, do you have a generalized score for Generation One?
1: <clears throat> well, I think we should. Um, so we're going one through five, right? Yes. Okay. I think we should um, kind of define which, e- like, what each number means before giving it that score. Sure,
0: we can. So, um, so we've got one. One is bad, which I don't think any of us yep. will ever hit. Uh, <laughs> without without any without any semblance of a doubt uh 2 is not as bad like as as you'd imagine rough yeah uh <laughs> 3 is yeah. sort of middle ground 4 is yeah it's all right and 5 is like a definitive pokemon experience
1: yeah absolutely mm-hmm. um in that case i i was already uh, going to probably give it a 2 anyway but i would say uh yeah two two it's rough (laughs) (laughs) okay it's rough but you know it spawned the whole bloody franchise it's hard to hate it yeah (coughs) yeah absolutely so um i
0: mean personally i would probably thinking of it from the perspective of somebody that played it at the time it was definitely a four for me um the thing that annoyed me most about pokemon back in the day was that you know you had to buy two versions and even then you weren't able to guarantee all the Pokemon with the exclusive Mew being there. And obviously that was a huge problem in some countries where mm. that that kind of thing wasn't easily accessible, which, you know, that sucks. And that was a drawback to Generations in the uh, earlier side of Pokemon. I think all the way up until Generation 4, we did not have much access to this, th- those kinds of things at all to sort of celebrate the game with fans and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I think overall four, because it definitely kept me engaged and I've, I've played them again throughout the years and I still <coughs> enjoy them even today. There's definitely no question about that. Um, so I think personally for me, four is definitely a fair score. All right. So uh, like- No, go on. Sorry. No, just, go on, go on.
1: Just as a final, final thing. Um, obviously you played them uh, very, like when you were very young, mm-hmm. uh, when you were growing up. Yes. Whereas I my experience with them was um on the tail end of Gen six, I believe, or approaching into Gen seven. That's when I really uh that, that's when I first actually sat down, played through all of Red, uh on the three DS virtual console. Uh that was my Pokemon Red uh experience. Yeah. While I did I, I enjoyed my time with it, it's definitely, you know, uh i had i had experienced um the more much more polished uh pokemon games before that so yeah yeah it definitely felt a bit jarring yeah absolutely uh, for me at least
0: and i mean that and i mean that's what we're sort of discovering here while uh while we're talking about it right is that As uh, people that experience them at different times, we're definitely going to have those different opinions and, like, a difference in opinions. And it's uh, definitely the biggest case with Generation One. I don't think that. Hmm. And I don't think either of us could dispute that Generation One is obviously the hardest one to go back to in terms of, like, where you sit on a scale of, like,. How familiar, how familiar you are with the new Pokemon as opposed to old Pokemon. And that's the same with a lot of video game series. Like a lot of people that yeah. started with 3D Zelda find it really hard to go back a generation to 2D Zelda, for example. Um, mm,
1: oh, I, I understand that completely. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. So it, 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 yeah. It, it is kind of like... That that is the discovery of it, and Gen One uh, is definitely the hardest to go back to in that sense. But Gen Two, Gen Two is going to be extremely interesting. Gen,
1: Gen Two is going to be um, an interesting thing. I actually, I actually personally think that Gen Two is the harder one to go back to nowadays. Uh, but I'll get into that when I have my yeah sure. three minute long spiel. All right. Well, anyway, d- do you want to go first again, or
0: uh, I mean, if you like, boy, or you can get into your spiel as soon as possible.
1: Yeah, yeah. why not, honestly. <laughs> Alright,
0: no worries. I'm going to start the timer <clears> Okay, <throat> now.
1: Okay, so, Gen 2, I feel uh, the, the post-game was incredible, especially coming off of Red and Blue, which had basically a non-existent post-game, and the final boss obviously being Red, which is the protagonist of the first game, it was you from the previous games, was awesome. That is Uh, An idea that I really wish they replicated in Black and White 2, but they didn't. Either way, really good idea. I also think that the music um, and the theme um, of like... It it felt a lot more traditionally like Japanese in the towns, like Violet City and Ecruteak City. I I felt it had a much stronger theme uh, than Kanto, um, if it even had one, let's be honest. Um, But it definitely was over reliant on Kanto and especially Kanto Pokemon, um, because a lot of uh Johto Pokemon like makro I believe, uh, Slugma, and a few others, uh can't can't even be found until the post game in Kanto, which is why. Um but also, um the level curve in the late game is awful, especially leading up to red. You'd do need to do uh, quite a decent bit of grinding, uh, even just before the elite four. <clears throat> but I think that is more of a way, uh, m- more of um, more caused by the way that the game was intended to be played, um, which I'll get into a bit later. But um, like the the wild encounters in the areas around uh, Red and that area are around level 20s, and they do climb a bit as you climb Mount Silver, but still not great. The story was also super underwhelming. They had a really good setup with the Golden uh, the Road Radio Takeover, um, uh, setting up for Giovanni returning, and, and the Lake of Rage uh, was also really cool with the, their little base there, and Lance, um, but they kind of just dropped it after that. It, it went nowhere. Really disappointing in my opinion. Um, But back to that's all I have to say about the story really, Uh, aside from the fact that Silver was a really cool um, rival, Um, but I feel like the game was intended to be played uh, kind of similarly to Animal Crossing in in which you you come back each day, um, do battles with people who call you on the phone and you slowly grow your uh, your team's experience levels uh, over time rather than you know just playing through it in like making a week out of it like a lot of people do now which is why i think it's a lot harder to go back to um compared to time. gen one or some other generations anyway that's literally all i had to say i was worrying was, was was starting to worry that I um I would just be like ah that's all I have to say time <laughs> <laughs> nah. no you did a
0: good, you did a very good job and um, yeah there was a yeah. lot of agreeable points there for sure but we'll obviously we'll talk about that in the conclusion hmm. um, of right, course all right uh, okay all right I'm ready
1: okay started
0: okay so generation two was my previous generation f- generation favorite uh For very similar reasons to what Meta's just described, Uh, it definitely has, it boasts one of the best endgame contents in any Pokemon game without any certainty. Uh, A lot of the Japanese stylings and stuff like that in the towns definitely makes it a lot more vibrant than just very static sort of, uh, I guess, non-basage sort of thematics in Kanto, at least from Generation 1. It was definitely a huge step up in terms of a lot of things. But the things that really grabbed me about Generation 2 were timed events, definitely. Uh, timed events made logging in on a Friday special so that you could go and do the bug bug catching contests and stuff like that. Uh, Generation 2 had the, orig- had the best basis for lore and was the first game to really, really, well, it was the first set of games, Gold, Silver, Crystal, to set up a lore. Uh, in a way that's not just, I'll read a book in a burned down laboratory, which was pretty much the only lore that you ever got from Red and Blue. Um, So that was also brilliant. The introduction of shiny Pokemon, that was a massive change for the game. Uh, It made a whole new collection, uh, I guess, sub-quest in trying to find as many shiny Pokemon as you could, even though it was extremely difficult. And getting one, apart from obviously the shiny Red Gyarados that you get for free, was considered a massive triumph back in those days. Um, there was a lot of good sort of beats with the rival. Uh, the rival follies you all the way throughout Johto and through Kanto, and he has a very good story development arc, as opposed to your rival in Generation 1 that doesn't change by the end of the game. He He's still a stubborn asshole no matter what. But in Generation 2, they showed that he, gr- he grows up. They showed that Blue grows up, which is uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, A lot of the Pokemon in Generation 2, I love, I think their designs are absolutely brilliant. Obviously, there's still some that do have problems today. Uh, Pokemon like Dunsparce or, well, not so much Murkrow these days, but definitely for a while, Murkrow was in a very ignorable state. Um, I can definitely agree that uh, the leveling uh, can get a little painful when you get to Kanto and you're headed towards Mount Silver. It definitely gets real, real struggly there uh, when you sort of hit, I think it's probably about the sixth gym, and then you start to notice the levels go up, and you get to Mount Silver, and then all of a sudden everything is just really strong, and the final fight in the game being Red, he's just stupidly powerful. Uh, As a kid, that was a very difficult challenge, but it was also amazing to overcome, uh, knowing that all my work paid off and I could beat Red, and I was like, holy crap, I actually did it, I beat Red. And knowing that I could sort of go back there every now and then and fight him again was, was sort time, of just an way. elating feeling. Uh, so Generation 2 for me is 100% a culmination of like massive improvements for Pokemon as well as a awesome end game, which is something that it never had before, which gave um, Pokemon purpose. And I think think the uh, uh, i didn't even mention breeding mechanics but like you know there's heaps there's heaps of introductions into generation two that shaped pokemon to what it is today and i think that's extremely important important for the series even more so than generation one a lot of people sort of go oh generation one is the most important because it introduced the series but a lot of the mainstay mechanics that are in pokemon today were introduced in generation two
1: yeah no you raised a lot of good points that i um I definitely missed, especially with the introduction of shinies. Oh my God. How the hell did I miss that? Yeah. I completely forgot that they came in in gen two. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I've never seen a shiny in gen two. I don't think mm-hmm. other than the Gyarados, obviously, but no. Um, yeah. Um, it did, it definitely did a lot of, uh, firsts for the series, which you have to give it respect for. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, what I find, uh, What I really don't like about it uh, is how difficult it is to play, uh, like, to play through nowadays in a way, uh, in a similar way that I would with other Pokemon games. Um, Like, not to say that that's bad, I really like the idea of a Pokemon game being able to um, be that little, like, oh, I play a bit today, you know do this, you know, oh, this is on today, it's Friday, I can go see if the Lapras is there, you know, um, but, yeah, no, um, it's definitely, it's not a bad uh, set of games, definitely, mm-hmm. but, um, it's, Roaming Pokemon, it's damn, yeah, I forgot about that too. De- oh, yeah, no, <laughs> Roaming oh my Pokemon. god, <laughs> Roaming Legendaries, jeez. Yeah, yeah, and that's Bane the thing, bloody existence <laughs> <laughs> but i mean that, like that's the thing with
0: generation two is that it did introduce a lot of those things and uh, like i completely understand your point about uh you know team rocket making the comeback and and stuff like that and that not really paying off and they actually they did eventually rectify that in heart gold and soul silver but through an event which is mm. really irritating uh so here in australia we never got that event so that uh, which really sucks. does suck it, it, yeah, it sucks. It sucks because it was a huge, it was a huge like payoff for uh, Gold, Silver, Crystal in terms of like why why didn't that happen? And then like they yeah. kind of explained that you know Giovanni he he realized when uh, once he fought Red that being a mob boss is not somebody who he wanted to be when he started training Pokemon, right? Yeah, and uh, to have that in the game would have been one hundred percent better
1: uh and absolutely yeah
0: yeah i mean like it would yeah, have there. given giovanni a shit ton more character without you know having to inflate like anything like that but uh yeah i think it, i think it's definitely the fact that the game introduced so many mainstay mechanics and also had one of the most elating end games possible that really like it it stayed on top of my favorite pokemon games for so so long as a result but um, story was definitely the reason that, like, well, mainstay story. So, like, the Team Rocket stuff was uh, absolutely the reason why uh, it dropped off my top, my top list, uh, the top of my list, I should say. For mm. for another generation, we'll obviously speak about down the line. I think we're both very keen to get to that one. <laughs> definitely.
1: Yeah. Um. I've I've definitely grown a lot more fond of of the characters of. Um specifically Giovanni and Silva um, over the course of me reading the Pokemon adventures manga, mm-hmm. which just going to, this is, this is going to be my little shill for Pokemon adventures. Please go read it. Yeah, It is a wonderful piece of Pokemon, uh, Pokemon media, even if you're not uh, into reading manga, or even if you're into reading manga and don't really, you're not that into Pokemon, go read it. It's so good. Yeah. Um, it, it makes a lot of the characters feel uh more real. Giovanni uh gets a lot more uh a lot more character I feel in the manga. Um I don't wanna spoil anything, but he, he has a very very standout moment um towards the end of the red, blue, yellow arc. Um yeah. and, and silver in Golden Silver. I'm I'm currently reading Golden Silver. I'm not too far into it but Golden Silver is, it's really good so far. Um, but Silver's character is really, really cool. I love the way that they've continued on everyone's character arcs into the next gen. Anyway.
2: Yeah, and I mean, Point I is, think...
1: I just wish they did more with um, those characters in the games. Um, yeah. Because reading that, it's like, wow, mm-hmm. these characters are really, really cool. Mm-hmm yeah how did like they made they based that off of what they got from the games like yep and wow. i mean that's that, that's the thing
0: about the adventures manga and like mm. i'll always I'll always be a shill for that too. the adventures manga really yes. puts a lot more flavor into the Pokemon game universe, which is uh you know saying something because it's a manga, but um mm. and considering the anime as well where it's always focused around ash um you know, it, it it definitely does help these older games feel like more of an experience because you're sort of experiencing them from a perspective where the per, the, the characters have more personality, right? Um, I
1: believe, actually, um, just a quick point. I believe yeah. that Junichi Masuda actually at one or no, it was either Junichi Masuda or um, Satoshi. I forget his last name. Um, I should know this.
2: I should too, but
1: anyway. Sorry. I should too. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was either one of those two. But they said that the manga the manga's world um was the most the the closest thing um like at at that time was the closest thing to what they had envisioned Mm -hmm. for the Pokemon world when they were creating the original uh, capsule monsters stuff uh, before, like that went on to be Pokemon, which, yeah. um, like, if if that doesn't convince you to read the manga, then you're you're a lost cause, I think. <laughs> no. All right, well, yeah. let's let's, uh, let's, let's put it.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say let's cap it at that. And we'll uh, just tell you to go read the goddamn manga. Just do it. Go just read go read it. the manga. It's, it's really, really
1: good. It's really cheap. It is, Get the box sets.
0: Yes, it is. It yes. is super cheap. It's really good too. So, like, yeah, Absolutely. there's really no excuse. Um, <laughs> so, uh, on top of that, now we're up to uh, Generation 3. And this is this is probably going to be a little bit of a uh, blind spot for you because you've uh, let me yeah. know that you're not, you
1: this haven't is... done too much in Gen 3. I've pretty much completely missed out on Gen 3 other than... Um, like, like chat people doing challenge stuff on yeah. on on YouTube. That's that's my whole experience <laughs> of Gen Three. All right, I, I've never I've never sat through a game, so my my opinions are gonna be very short. I think.
0: That's okay. I mean, that's oh. fine. But, like, before we do go into it, though, we probably should give a score for Generation 2, which I almost forgot. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah, I almost yeah. forgot that as well. So, um, uh,
0: personally, for me, I'll, I'll put mine out there. It's a five. That's it. Oh. Like, it it, it is it is top of the top for me. Like, uh, there, there is very few Pokemon experiences that beat it. Um, and honestly i just i i think it was the perfect follow up game and the fact that we had our uh, our man awada jump in on board to help like fix a lot of the problems it just it it's crazy how much that improved pokemon as as a general series uh even mm. even just on the game boy i think it's i think it's like the perfect follow up to generation 1 uh and yeah like you know there's uh not much more else to say to that on my on my end for sure
1: yeah definitely um i think i would see originally i was probably going to put it as a like a two um mm. based on my experiences with it um but you did bring up a lot of good points so i think th- that's enough to bump it up to a three for me i think um, um like obviously it's not for me i don't think it's the best thing that you can Go to for the Pokemon experience, um, but it is definitely if you like to play uh, games like that, um, where you know you just go back for a bit more each day. Um, you know, different events happen each each day of the week. Different things happen. Um, I really do think that that is a like the game for you. Um, and honestly, yeah. I wish they did more with that kind of um idea yeah obviously yeah. not as intensely but they kind of just dropped it um yeah. so yeah unfortunately but oh, yeah. I, just thought, I, I would I just, say three
0: i just thought another thing uh <laughs> pokeballs outside the main line of pokeballs as well mm. so like the heavy ball and the love the ball and stuff balls. like that they were all yeah. generation two holy crap there's just so much crap in generation Gentoo two did yeah. so much Wow. <laughs> it did. It did. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I've, I've got that scored down and I've got it totaled. Yep. So we'll move on good to Generation game. Three. And you know what? I'll I'll spare you the pain and I'll start on this one because I know that uh, good idea. It's definitely going to be rougher Mine, for you. So I'm
1: not. I'm not getting the three minutes. I'm just going <laughs> to put that out there now.
0: That's okay. You just call time on whenever you want on this one. I will. Yep. I will definitely carry this conversation here because oh, I I, I spent some. a lot of time playing Gen Three without without yep. absolute certainty. Definitely. Okay. All right, All right. Uh, um, shake it up and sorry. ready whenever whenever you're whenever you're ready.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, hold on. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, okay, we good. Oh, hold on. Yeah, yeah. I'll reset it. Okay. All right, go now.
0: Okay, sweet. All right, so Generation Three: uh, Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald. Uh, beautiful games they always have been, and I've always respected them as games. Uh, they're definitely. I don't even think they are technically in my top three. But Generation Three is definitely the most social experience that I got out of Pokemon during my time playing Pokemon uh, as a kid and sort of growing growing through that generation. A lot of people in school were playing it, and my friends group were playing it. We're always trading, we're always doing things. Uh, generation Three sort of it kind of dropped a little bit of the ball by sort of like moving away from you know the day night perspective and stuff like that but it did introduce a lot of other cool things such as being able to grow berries and check them and sort of diving underwater to find something completely different underneath the surface it introduced a lot of mysteries into the game such as like the braille uh, for the reggies it had mirage island which was absolutely mental like finding mirage island was a spectacle and if you ever did like you could say you were one in like a million pokemon fans that ever did it um there was a lot of there was uh, obviously a stat shift as well they did a lot of the physical special split stuff uh which changed pokemon competitively for the Remainder of the series whatsoever, uh, going into Emerald as well. You also had the Battle Frontier, which made brilliant use of this. Uh, it was the most like it was technically PVE, but like from the perspective of like trainer versus trainer, it was really hard content and really long content, and it could keep you engaged for a long time for completion. Uh, this generation, we also saw the first set of remakes, which was Fire Red and Leaf Green, which were both brilliant remakes that added a lot of extra content. They had the option to trade between Ruby Sapphire, which meant that you could port over Pokemon from a different region entirely and use them in your playthrough in Kanto, which is awesome. Uh, I I don't think anybody can really fault that. Um, it's definitely uh, one of the most solid generations, the only obviously generation released on uh, the Game Boy Advance at the time. Uh, It did have a share of its problems and that's that they moved way more towards having event Pokemon. They had obviously two in this generation with Jirachi and Deoxys, uh, things that a lot of people couldn't obtain depending on where you were in terms of country. Um, There was uh, some sort of like the, the, the IGN meme about water, which was sort of, you know, put out there for Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, which absolutely carries over to Generation 3 because they are literally the same games in terms of world building. (laughs) So uh, it is is, uh, sort of definitely... It definitely does have its flaws, but like a lot of those time events revolved around that water as well, such as the Shoal Cave and stuff like that. So I can't really uh, sort of fault it for that. But... Overall, Gen 3 is just like the solid, balanced Pokemon experience that really tried to push to make Pokemon a lot more variable by introducing a stat split, and it also introduced a hell of a lot of good Pokemon, a really cool story, and Generation 3 was the birth of remakes. So, there really is no fault in that.
1: You uh, summed it up definitely uh, better than I will. <laughs> um, That's
0: okay. That's okay. No. I, I, I uh, trust you to do a, a job. Let's put it
1: that I'll way. Do, I'll do I'll, I'll. This one's from the heart. I don't have any notes other than... Um, uh, too much water. Ha, ha, ha. Funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, this will be fun. But-
0: That's okay, I'm sure you'll get through it. So, are you ready? Are you ready to start the time? Uh, yeah.
1: Should be fine. Alright,
0: okay, I'm going to start it right now. Okay,
1: so, uh, Gen 3 had a, uh, was obviously the transition into, uh, 16-bit, which did a lot for the visuals, and even the audio, um, the... Obviously the overabundance of trumpets was a big thing, um but <laughs> you could <laughs> you could definitely um tell how much more um this game looked and and sounded and felt uh, if that makes sense. Um, it was also the introduction of double battles, which is pretty cool, uh which is you know now the pretty much the. Um, the whole competitive scene, it revolves around doubles. Um, and hell, even with a lot of uh, ROM hacks and stuff, it they make a lot of their battles double battles to make them harder, you know, more strategy. It's... It is a probably the Pokemon battle type if you're wanting to use your brain. Um, um, too much water haha funny. Um yeah. <laughs> um but also with Fire Red Leaf Green, you know, it was the birth of remakes, um and is the definitive canto experience. Like you're not if if you're telling someone to go play a Canto game, you're going to point them towards Fire Red Leaf Green instead of red blue yellow or let's go especially not let's go um that's a different thing <laughs> entirely mm-hmm. but um you know even with it being the definitive kanto experience it still had more content that i won't talk about let's go too much but it should have had the Sevii isles um the Sevii isle the Sevii isle was really cool um it, it gave you ways to get Johto Pokemon that weren't available um, because you couldn't get all of the Pokemon in Ruby and Sapphire and you, we weren't sure if we were going to be able to. It was like the first Dexit, um, which a lot of people forget, uh, which is interesting, but um, they did rectify that in those games, which is good. Um, but yeah, it's overall a pretty damn solid generation that's yeah that's about it that's, that's all I got you know it. you know
0: what for somebody that hasn't played generation 3 you did very well you actually made it to 2 yeah. minutes 50 that wow. was really good that's surprising
1: yeah. <clears throat> I was just kind of talking out of my ass honestly
0: <laughs> well it, I mean it, it shows enough that you know your Pokemon knowledge enough to know about gen 3 and what it sort oh. of brought to the table like that—that—that mm. that, that is sort of the thing right um, yeah 100% generation 3 uh, is is You know, it's Drew's favourite generation. I'll put that out there, so Mm. I won't bash on it. Otherwise, he'll kick me off the show. But you know what? Um, Generation 3 does introduce a lot. Uh, It's definitely one of those games that a lot of people remember fondly. And it is one of the most approachable generations for modding, too which mm. uh, makes it extremely good in regards to making fan games and stuff like that. Nintendo, I know you don't like that, but people make some really genuinely good stuff out of the Generation mm. 3 games. Um, I think that like overall, solidly, uh, I would probably personally put it at a 4. I don't think yeah. it made any... I mean, it made some landmark changes for PvP Pokemon, definitely, But because PvP Pokemon definitely wasn't as prominent at the time because you obviously don't have, like, access to the internet in the same way and you actually have to go to events which were not in every country and stuff like that, that sort of does bring it down a little bit. It's obviously huge uh, with the Battle Frontier. There was a really good way to utilize that in a non, like, player versus player space for sure. Um, but because those changes were mainly made to sort of make the competitive scene a bit more interesting, you can definitely tell that's why they did it. Um, it's uh, it sort of brings it down a little bit for me. They 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 put a lot of focus on that, and because there's there was any ac- like hardly any access to the events where we were, it brings it down to a four.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, that's fair enough. Uh, I would probably put it. It's between three and four and uh for me, but I would definitely I, I, I think I'd put it at a four. It's definitely a a very good four uh set of Pokemon games. Yeah. Four. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I I like I, think I do I think be. I do
0: think that they were landmark games in terms of uh how they did specific things and like Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I wasn't gonna say no. anything. <laughs> I thought you were. That's right. Um, Okay. So I, I definitely think that they were landmark games in terms of like how they did specific things and like the Reggies, for example. And there was a lot of rumours surrounded around the game and how to obtain certain things like that as well. Like uh, more so than more more so than Generation 2, like sleep in a bed 100 times, then go to the space station and you will fly to the moon and get Jirachi type of thing. Like that was an actual rumour that went around. Yeah. Um, yeah, and rumors like that were in Kanto with the truck and the lava. Well, the the truck where the lava cookie is in Fire Red and Leaf Green uh, was um, yeah. where Mew was in Kanto. Um, there was a lot more rumors like that for Generation Three than there was Generation Two. There definitely was some in Generation Two with the GS ball and stuff like that. Uh, but I think Generation 3 had a lot more rumour mill going on about it, uh, and that made the game extremely interesting just through player conversation, right? So, um, mm. yeah, I, I, definitely, I definitely think it sits at a 4 for me. I've put it down 4 for you, so that gives it a combined total of 8. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's pretty good overall, I would say, but let's uh, move on to Generation 4, shall we? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so do you want to start this one off, or do you want me to start it off? Um. Yeah. Um. I, I'm happy to start it off if you want. Okay. Sure. All right. Uh All right. If if you are at the ready, I will press start.
1: All right. Whenever you hit the button. I All guess. right. Go ahead. Cool. So, I think exploration in Pokemon peaked in Gen Four. Um. I think the way that you move throughout the region is, uh, really really good. Um especially with Mount Coronet cutting through the middle and and going up and down through it um even as early as going to Orburg which is the first gymstown um the, the way that you just move through each region and even uh, the, each route and like even just the intricacies of each route the way that it connects to other parts like there's that little slope uh, above or- Orberg that you later um, go to Eterna, you get a bike, and you learn you can go up and down that with the bike. Um, it just, it 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 always feels like there's a new way to traverse the region, which I really love. Um, I also think it's got the tide for gen, uh, with Gen 5 for the best art style and soundtrack. Um, uh, of 2D Pokemon games, at the, at the very least. Um, there are so many good songs um, in the game. I won't even try to list any, but like, you listen to the encounter theme for <laughs> Cynthia before the battle, oh my god. Um, uh, it gave love to uh, some older Pokemon as well, uh, with like uh, Gliscor, swine just giving new evolutions to those older Pokemon, even uh, as far as um, Magmortar, uh, Electivire, and Rhyperia even though not many people like Rhyperia, I think it's fine Um, but it definitely did a lot in terms of uh, giving more love to older Pokemon in terms of evolutions Um, and even baby forms like uh, Bonsly and Happini Nobody really cares about those though. <laughs> uh, then obviously, Hard Gold Soul, Silver. M- massive games. Everybody loves them. I don't think it's. I loved playing through them. Like, as much of a Gen 2 humbler as I am, I really loved my experience with um, Johto through Hard Gold Soul Silver. Uh, Gen 4 was also the introduction of Wi Fi um, and the GTS and internet play uh which really helped uh, a lot of people connect from even further distances it really uh built upon <coughs> the idea of you know connecting with other people uh also the physical special split um is a good thing to mention it f- it did what was what should have been done in general one time really um yeah you know, yeah that's that's about all I had to say anyway. Um Good generation, I think.
0: Alright. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, some yeah. really good points there that I also hadn't considered, so there you go. There's uh yeah, definitely a notch in my belt there, uh that I need to improve upon when I talk about it.
1: <laughs> totally. So Speaking of, are you ready?
0: You know what, I'm I'm ready. Yeah. Alright, alright. Well uh why
1: don't you just uh go on then?
0: Okay. So, here's the thing. Uh, I do have a little bit of grievance with Gen 4. It's definitely not in my in my top favorites. Uh, definitely not. Um, Generation 4 is hard for me because, especially with Diamond and Pearl, actually, it's definitely the main problem. Um, everything about Diamond and Pearl... And this shouldn't be a negative thing, but in in this case, it feels like it to me. Everything about Diamond and Pearl, Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum, you can look at that and go, "Oh yeah, that's from Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum," and I think that that is a problem. I think if you showed a lot of a lot of people, uh, who if you showed people that didn't know Pokemon. Uh, artwork between Pokemon and uh, sort of something like that. And they go, oh, uh, is it, which Pokemon are from the same generation? You showed them a chart of them. You could definitely pick out which ones were from the same generation when it comes to Diamond and Pearl. Um, that's not a that's not a huge problem in terms of new designs, but definitely with the pre-evolutions. And I know that's a little bit of a controversial topic in the sense that uh, it made old Pokemon more viable, which is definitely true. Um, and I definitely think that's great, but I think like in in terms of actual design, uh, it looks very generation four. That's all I can really say about that. Um, it's a little difficult. Uh, I had, I had the complete opposite experience with Mount Coronet and some of the traversal like rock climb and defog. Um, I thought a lot of them were more or less just hindrances. Um, Mount Coronet became a little bit of a confusing maze at times, which really sucked for me. Um, And I wasn't really patient with it uh, when I first got into them. And that's uh, sort of wherever. But overall, like getting through the game and stuff like that, I do have fond memories of Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum. But sort of just like looking back at it, like in terms of like how well it's aged, personally, I don't think it's aged that well. Um, But it's also, again, the generation that uh, put out Heart Gold, Soul Silver. And HeartGold, Silver is one of the best definitive Pokemon experiences you can possibly find. Uh, it is one of the best generations in terms of content, hands down. Um, and they only added even more content onto it, including a modifiable Safari Zone, which is just absolutely incredible. Um, and the fact that you could relive some nostalgia through the music and stuff like that by using a Game Boy Tuner and stuff like that, I thought that was brilliant. Um, They are definitely some of the best crafted Pokemon games. They do hold like some of Gen 2's problems for sure. Um, But they are definitely some of the experiences that I would point to and go, yeah, that's definitely a game you should play if you want to get into Pokemon. Um, They are chock with content um, and obviously sort of... It, it, it evens out at the end. Uh, it gets, it, I feel like it gets a little bit easier than it did in, soul. Uh, in sorry, Silver Golden Crystal. Um, Time. And I think that overall, as a DS experience, it was one of the best games in the library, no question. I, I don't think anybody can ever sort of, and DS had a huge library. I don't think anybody can sort of knock that back. Um. Yeah, one hundred percent. I definitely think uh, that diamond, and pearl, and platinum was a little bit weaker, and I don't think it hit the right notes for me. But heart gold and soul silver definitely it, it it beat it out the park for me, one hundred percent.
1: Yeah, no, you uh, you definitely raised a lot of good points that I <laughs> had had forgotten to uh, bring up, like the um the uh, the the whole. Pokemon looking very gen four, mm-hmm. that definitely is a prevalent issue. But like look at look at Gliscor, man. Look at him. Yeah. Look at it. How can you hate him? No. Um Yeah no. I mean Good uh, good points. I,
0: I don't I don't hate I don't hate all of them. I just hate the fact that no. you can point at them and go, That's from generation four and especially when they did that. I think because it was the generation that most prominently worked on trying to balance older Pokemon in order to bring them up to, a, like, a better standard for themselves. So, like, you know, Murkrow, Glycer... Uh, sorry, Murkrow, Gligar, uh, we- uh, Sneasel, Weavile, whatever, you know, like, all that. Uh, Tangler, you know, just just stuff like that. Magnezone, like, man... The, they, they took pokemon from old generations right That and this is the thing this is the thing that really gets me is that they took pokemon from old generations and you know they all sort of look unique for their time or whatever but then they gave them an evolution that made them look like they were from generation four so it it, it is it is kind of like a shift between like they could have just made these pokemon better instead of giving them a new evolution and making them look like that they were a product of Gen Four. Mm. Like personally, just in terms of design, that's where Gen Four catches me off <laughs> guard. I'm kind of like, I should be ex- yeah. I should be excited about these things. Like especially with like uh, Electivire and Magmortar, which are huge step ups in terms of power for those two Pokemon. Um, but it just, because because the design feels the way it does, I'm, I'm kind of just like, uh I don't know. I don't think they have to go back that far and change that, right? Um I think it's a bit different in um the cases of something like uh, uh Basculin and Legion, like as we've just seen. Because Basculin still feels like something that could have been introduced in generation five. Like it it, it, it still has that art style, mm. right? But anything introduced in Generation 4 in terms
1: of evolutions is sort of just how I feel about it. Yeah. See, this is where we, I think, uh, the um, the entrance point differs, um, ma- makes our opinions on this kind of thing differ. Because I have always known yeah. um, Magnemite and... Magneton to evolve into Magnezone. It's just always been that way for me. Like, obviously, um, I learned pretty early on that, oh, Magnezone was a new evolution in Gen 4, but it's just kind of always been there, Uh, and it's always just been what Magneton goes into. Um, I can definitely see how people uh, can think like that, Um, and I I definitely get what you mean. they do very much so look mm-hmm. different um, in terms of art style, um, but they've just kind of always been that way for me. Uh, so I don't really connect yeah. with that on the same.
0: And I mean, level. this is the interesting yeah. point. Like, yeah. like that—that's what's interesting about this sort of this concept of conversation, mm-hmm. right? Is that those there's those little things that are going to pop up from time to time where I'm like, that's definitely my argument against it. But you're not you, you you aren't seeing it that way because you kind of like yeah, and, yeah, I I mean I one hundred percent get that. Like um I and I can't fault you for I can't fault anybody for having that opinion either, like from the from anybody that's sort of come in later because that is the truth, you know? Um and yeah. like it it's definitely a personal grievance for me. I know that a lot of people don't feel that way about them, um, but just Sort of, I, I think from going from where I've started this journey to where I am now, they are they are just sort of the most jarring out of um out of like Pokemon that they've gone back to to sort of push their design up a bit. I think that's just sort of where it is for me. Um, again, make, making that Basculin uh, comparison to uh, Gen Four Pokemon like Basculegion uh, it's definitely not just hype for me now. Like, I genuinely think that's something that they could have done in Generation 5 quite easily. It doesn't feel like something that they've crafted for Sinnoh. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I um, I can definitely see um, how Gen 8's, um art style and the way that Pokemon um, Pokemon's art has progressed. I definitely see how that has influenced... Um, the design, but it yeah, like like you said, it still feels like something that they could have done pretty much very similarly in gen yeah, five yeah. All right, yeah. so uh let's uh, go for a
0: score on generation four. uh I'll let you I'll let you pick this one yeah, first okay.
1: I <sighs> I'm tossing up between four and five man. I'm gonna say, you know what I, I need to give it to something so we'll we'll go with five. five? Uh, it's it's a fight yeah. for me, yeah, yeah. I I def I mean I I definitely yeah. can
0: understand it from the perspective of like, um, it introducing online communication methods and stuff like that as well. It that 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 was definitely a game changer for Pokemon and definitely something I didn't consider, um, when when sort of going into this, uh, so I c- I can understand that score from that perspective pretty much alone, um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, is there anything else that sort of bumps it up for you?
1: Oh, sorry, I had my mic muted. Um I don't know. I don't know what it is about it. It's just always been that big um <laughs> Sorry, my sister's in my room glaring yeah. over me. Um it's it's always been that big Pokémon yeah. thing like uh my my best friend growing up and even so today uh their favorite generation has always been gen 4 and it was always a close second behind 5 for me um that was until later on when you know my e they they introduced new stuff and new generations you know changes the order around and stuff but um gen 4 has always been that that pokemon thing it's always the the see for for some reason it's um always the pokemon game that i think like this is the most pokemon okay
0: yeah okay yeah yeah. i think yeah i think i understand yeah um all right well uh you know sort of keeping keeping the things in mind for me um you know i did not consider sort of like the online features and stuff like that as well it that, that that sort of has messed with my score a bit. I was I was more than willing to give it a three, um, not because uh, like you know, I did I did talk a lot about how sort of like Diamond and Pearl sort of let me down from a perspective, um, but you know, Heart Gold and Soul Silver being as good as they were. Um, as well as like some things in Diamond and Pearl, like I have cherished memories of, like I can't really deny that. Um, and then on top of like s- talking about you know like the GTS and stuff like that, I'm like, oh god, why didn't I think about that shit sooner? So, you know what, I um, I'll give it a four. I'll be fair and give it a four because it definitely did yep. did make a huge shift in Pokemon. I would I would have been I I was pretty dead set that this was going to be a three for me but now that i think about that that is definitely like something that absolutely changes the ballpark honestly without it without a doubt
1: um internet internet play did so it did
0: it did it changed it changed a huge a, a huge amount for pokemon in general Without any question, it, it made trading easier. It made you know getting exclusives easier. It made communicating with friends a lot more efficient. It, it was it was really good. Yeah.
2: Absolutely.
0: All right. So this is a, this is the big mundo for for both of us. Generation this five. Is, generation five. And you know what? One, yeah, I'm absolutely. I'm really excited to get your opinion on this because this is technically your first, right?
1: Well uh i i was introduced to gen four and five about the same mm-hmm. time um i think it was fairly close after gen 5 released i'm not too sure it's very mm-hmm. hazy um but i did i didn't really pick up gen 4 until after uh because funny story um uh my copy of pearl was pre-owned. And it had a save file on it and it was a girl and I was really upset because I didn't know how to reset it. <laughs> um <and laughs> so we took to the internet, we, we got that sorted, but um I I kinda didn't I didn't I didn't pick it up and really get through it. I think the furthest that I got was probably fifth maybe mm-hmm. gym. Uh, until I went back and played a bunch of the Pokemon games, uh, for my living decks. Um and that was that was actually the first time I'd beaten Gen Four, um, but Gen Five was where I really uh, w- is what hooked yeah, me okay. basically. Um, uh, even though I didn't know how to build the team and just ran through the entire game with my Embor, um, I still loved it to pieces. Yeah, yeah. So this is definitely going to be a big, big,
2: big right. for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, us. definitely. Uh, but do you? Do you want yeah, you know what?
0: I will. Uh, I, I've got a, yeah. I've got a lot to yeah, say about this generation, like without Absolutely. any questionable doubt. So I'm uh, ready whenever.
1: All right. Well, I'll just let you
0: go. Okay. Right so, uh, Generation Five, without <laughs> without any question, Generation Five is the definition of a Pokemon story done right by any any stretch of imagination. So, uh, Generation Five was obviously black and white and black Two white Two, um they these games were crafted for somewhat of an older audience and they've made that uh, known before um they are crafted and uh, crafted for an older audience in the sense that it does tackle something that is more of like a real world issue and that is the ethics of pokemon and uh you know capturing them and using them for battles and stuff like that as well um the evil team team plasma well it's it's it kind of had a little bit of a weak start because team plasma was sort of just like it's like shut up dude they're my friends but um you know as as time went on and sort of like you know n sort of was introduced in slowly and then n sort of made his uh rivalry known to you as a uh person that respects pokemon and loves pokemon and he also sees that you respect and love pokemon just as much as he does um, and then coming through all the way to the end when you had to uh, verse n and the betray and like the the sort of stuff that happened with gets Uh it, it did craft one of the most unique experiences from beginning to end especially at the end when sort of everything sort of just changes um, It uh, then moved on into the sequels. The sequels were amazing follow-up games and uh, they made me feel a lot of the way that I felt between Generation 1 and Generation 2, Um, except this time they carried on the story. Uh, It might have been through a new uh, character perspective, but... The fact that there was a huge story told between, you know, the two uh, the two Plasma teams, one that was sort of on End side and one that was on Getsus' side of the cognitive thing, uh, as well as, uh, you know, the Pokemon World Tournament and seeing, like, different points in the region that weren't ever explored in the first. Um, <clears throat> it overall is just, like, such an elating experience that makes this story feel complete. Which is something that I can't really say about any Pokemon games in 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 terms of, like, how they operate. I just feel like Black 2 and White 2, in terms of, like, everything, for me, was just perfect. The Pokemon designs, like, a lot of people like to shit on them. But there are so many good Pokemon designs in Generation 5 that people just overlook. Uh, a lot of the environments are very pretty in Generation 5, too. Uh, it's very based off New York City and the lights and all that stuff as well um then you've got you know the desert deserty sort of regions which is cool too uh and i think i think just when it comes it comes down to it pokemon should be able to tell a story and it should be able to tell a story really well they've been doing these games for so long we understand the draw of pokemon and that is like the monster collecting and stuff like that and seeing new pokemon is definitely a part of that experience but when it comes to like driving up the scale where that's kind of where it needed to be. It needed to create a memorable experience that everybody can look upon and say that story was something that I'll never forget. And you know what? I've never been able to say that about a Pokemon game except generation five. Um, so yeah, that's yeah. definitely where I'm at with it.
1: Absolutely. I let you have a bit more time on that because I wanted you to finish that point, but um, Oh, Absolutely, you summed it up mm-hmm. so well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which obviously I'll be getting into uh yeah. very soon. Obviously I touch on more than just what you
0: yeah. and um, have and, talked and about. And I mean like that that was the thing that drove it home for me. Um, you know Yeah, it, no. it was it was it, it was the thing that made generation five generation five it was it was that sort of a elating experience like I, I could i could put a lot of like the new features they added aside and talk about the story for three hours like it was really really good so and i mean like you know sort of talking about the story was just where i was sort of going to go with it there was there was definitely no way that that was going to change for me but uh, i know that you've definitely got some different yeah. thoughts on it too so um no. Oh. Not different in how you feel, but definitely, you know, what no, you
1: got from yeah. it. So definitely just just yeah. more. Yeah, Alright,
0: so uh whenever you're um, ready to start,
1: man. Okay. Um yeah, we'll okay. just start now then. So exploration, uh while it was dumbed down a bit, um and it was definitely the start of the trend of uh eight B like linear uh plots of progression uh from city to city. Definitely, still had the exploration within the routes. Uh, there were so many different branching areas that you could go to. It really made every route feel uh, like its own own area. Um, like there was, there was so much to to look for. There was, there were so many like deep little crevices that you could find different items in and stuff. It was really, really cool in that regard. I think. Um, uh also the art style, gorgeous. Um I think it's probably my favorite Pokemon art style. Um tied with Gen four for me. Uh same with the OST. The OST is fucking incredible. Sorry about the language, but absolutely incredible. Um and if they do Gen Five remakes, they they if they butcher the OST, I'm going to sue them. Um, the story, I'm gonna try to be as brief as I can with the story because there's so much, but the characters in specific, they felt so real. They felt incredible. Um, that's, there's spoilers for both Black and White and Black and White 2, by the way. Uh, the scene at the end of the game uh, <laughs> in the end's castle after you beat N, where Getsis kind of reveals this whole thing and like the, the manipulation that he had over N as a child, um, uh, and called him a freak without a human heart. Oh my god. That... Phew, um, not to mention, even just Charon and Bianca, your rivals, they felt really um, grounded. Charon, um, there was a standout scene with Alda, um, just after the... F- Fourth gym, um, where he is questioning him. Why isn't he taking his uh, job more seriously? Why isn't he like he, he he's taking uh, Pokémon so seriously? And I think that's such an interesting way to um, to portray the um, the kind of dickish um, rival. He wasn't really a dick, but like. It, it it was it was similar but in a different, in a in a unique and different way um and his whole character arc was awesome um and i loved seeing where his character went in uh, black and white too uh as well as bianca i loved how um her character uh evolved especially in that that scene with elisa um it was really cool seeing her dad kind of come to terms with the fact that you know a little girl was going out there and uh uh, also, another character, uh, Black and White 2, Colress, was really interesting, to say the least. I can't really put my finger on exactly why. Um, the, it was a lot to do with like, the, the power of when He wasn't really on Team Plasma's side, he was just kind of coexisting with them. And I find that uh, dynamic really interesting. Um, it was also the introduction of Triple and Rotation Battles, which I really liked. I think rotation medals are really cool. Kill me now. <laughs> um I think I think it's a shame that they kind of uh, omitted them from future generations, but whatever. Um also that scene where they fucking freeze Opa lucid city in black and white 2. Oh my god. That was <laughs> that was incredible. That was actually insane. Like watching that as a kid, I was I was mind blown. Um And the Shadow Triad, oh my god, the the whole mystery surrounding them, and every time they appeared on screen, it was like, it was like that that wall in between you and the big bad guy, like, um, the, the, you know what I mean, um, but it it was quite unfortunate that uh, so many people disliked Gen 5 to start off with, Uh, it it was probably the most hated generation, Uh, and I think uh, you made a video about it, um, that I, I kind of agree with, um, that it, it, it was because it lacked the familiarity that other generations had. Uh, obviously in Gen 5, Black and White, they started, um, they started out the whole generation with only being able to access new program, yeah. which was, in a way, the soft reboot of the, the franchise. Yeah. It was, uh, a- and it was it was jarring to a lot of people. I feel, um, because there wasn't that familiarity. You know, you walked through a cave, you didn't find Zubats um, anymore. I found Wubats, um, it was only you until the post game. <laughs> yeah. I prefer woobat, actually. I think it's a better Pokemon, but whatever. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I think they're both good. I think they're both good. Um, but yeah, no, I think people definitely. Definitely overstated how yeah. bad it was. Um, and like, like you said before, with the um, the whole uh, people shit on the Pokemon designs from Gen 5 a lot, uh, they've probably got some of the best designs mm-hmm. from the series, yeah, uh, in my opinion, at least. Um, hell, even, even like, a lot of people hate on Garbodo, uh, or, like, Vanilla and that line. Mm-hmm. I think they're fine. Um... Uh, it's it's a lot to do with the whole like oh inanimate objects are running out of ideas uh, argument, which has become very prevalent. <laughs> which is re- nowadays, which is a really but, stupid argument you know,
0: considering Pokemon's lineage. Which is really yeah.
1: wrong. Oh Absolutely. Even like uh, in Gen Six, the um, yeah. What's it called, Clef Key? That that if you actually look into that Pokemon's backstory, like and and the the idea and the lore behind it, yeah, it's yeah. really cool. That Pokemon has one of the, the coolest uh, lore, uh, in my opinion at least, one of the coolest like tidbits of story behind it uh, out of all, pretty much all yeah. of the Pokemon. It's got such a cool backstory. Um, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's based off of some really cool shit. Anyway, yeah, that's... I should be over I definitely went over You time definitely that. did, <laughs>
0: but that's okay because I sort of let that roll uh, into the conclusion. Yeah, that's fine. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I think that's yeah, the thing. Definitely. <clears throat> Especially when you were talking about Pokemon's designs just then, like it's a it's an argument I'll never understand when I look at Pokemon like Scolopy, Leaveny, Lilligant, Crookedile, Cofagrigus, um Ah yeah, Brave, Braviary. Braviary, you've <sighs> got Mandibuzz as well, uh, Golurk. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of people shit on Drudigan, but to be honest, I like Drudigan. I can't hate it. Um, yeah, uh, Hydreigon as well. Like, man, th- there's there's a lot of good Pokemon in Generation Five. Uh, so yeah, yeah,
1: keep going. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely feel like if um if they made Embera a ground type, I definitely feel like his design could be. Uh, fire ground mm-hmm. instead of firefighting i feel like if they made him fire ground instead and just kept the design the same he would be so yeah. much more loved because that yeah, design a really is good incredible design. like i know i know drew absolutely absolutely hates embo yeah. for whatever reason um obviously there's a bit of nostalgia in like talking from me but just looking at it it's it's one million percent my favorite mm-hmm. of the firefighting starters, yes. by far. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people don't reciprocate their feelings because like Blaziken, like Infernape, like they're cool. Don't get me wrong, but it's a Chinese emperor. Yeah, pig. it's, How it's awesome freaking is that? cool.
0: Like anyway. that—that's
1: the thing. Like you, my <laughs> honest opinion, the weakest out of the
0: three is Oshawott. and that's really strange to say considering the design yeah. for that Pokemon is also really good. But like. Uh, you know like superior yeah. being a like a, like being the snake pokemon that it is um is is extremely different from like snake other, other snake designs in pokemon uh, by the way i feel about it at least anyway um like it's very regal which is uh you know sort of like attributed to, like oh, really yeah. well to to its design um, Samur- like, Samurot itself, like, the fact that it's a samurai, and the fact that, like, until you see, like, the animations and stuff like that of it unsheathing its, like, shell sword, you're like, what? But, like, you know, th- there's- there's a lot of designs like that in Gen 5 that just- they- they blow me away every time I sort of, like, go back and think about how many good Pokemon were in there. Um, even if you just, like, threw- <coughs> threw Vanillish and Trubbish to the wayside and forgot about them- <coughs> like there's there's zeb stricker as well you you've got galvantula um you know th- there's there's a ton of pokemon in there that deserve a lot of love um i think your i think your discussion there on um, tyranitar tube uh, saying that it's about familiarity is 100 percent correct i think mm-hmm. that is that is the overlying problem yeah. with gen 5 is that it doesn't feel familiar to people who are playing the games before but you know what Honestly, I think that makes it a better experience. The fact that they've detached this world and make it made yeah. it its own thing uh, in order to tell a, mo- a more coherent and exclusive story in Generation 5 only to sort of come back with the sequels and mesh the world with Pokemon from other generations as well. I think uh, it makes the po- the unique Pokemon stand out. I think that's uh, definitely something that's needed. And I know that a lot of people want to sort of pass that to the wayside, but it definitely lended uh, lend to Generation 5's magic. And I think, like, if there's anybody out there that sort of hates Gen 5 and you've only played it through once... Uh, like maybe back when it came out, definitely play it again today. Maybe maybe go black to white too if you feel like you can't deal with that familiarity, um, sort of <laughs> disconnect. But like you're missing a lot, um, honestly. there there is a lot to yeah. that generation, and like I think we could be talking about this for hours. So, I
1: I could do a whole a Whole podcast episode, absolutely. Just about Gen so
2: 5,
0: man. we we be, we better not push too far on it. But like, <laughs> here's here's the thing: yeah. is like, I I there's no way I'm not giving this generation a five.
1: Oh yeah, no, same. I was con- I was fully considering like saying before we even started Gen One, just like. Just to be clear, we're both giving Gen yeah, 5 a, yeah. a 5, right? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, yeah. that's
0: the thing. It's it's <laughs> it's something that's... It's, it's a generation that's underappreciated and it's under underappreciated for the wrong reasons. And if you can look past that skin deepness yeah. of non-familiarity and sort of just indulge in it as its own unique experience, it becomes a whole completely different thing. And uh, that's what makes it so special. Yeah. Man. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. absolutely no it's it's a magical generation <laughs> i really don't know how to put it but yeah no we should, we should.
0: Uh, and things. this one, this one is where nails yeah. hit the floor so at least for me anyway i know it definitely <laughs> hits the floor for me um yeah. but uh generation six uh you know what i'll uh i'll let you lead off with this one Um, I, I think, I think this dynamic of like taking turns for first is working extremely well. And this, this definitely Mm. should help me clear my mind a bit about gen six before I jump into it too negatively. So, so I'll let you go first (laughs) uh, and uh, you just let me know when you're ready.
2: Yeah.
1: Easy. Yeah. Um, Um, I'm ready to go. Um, so I'm just going to say. As of, you know, as with every Pokemon game, the music, 10 out of 10, I don't think there's been a single Pokemon soundtrack that hasn't bopped every single time. Um, I feel like the art style was um, a good transition into 3D from um, from the sprites, from the chibi sprites. Um, it obviously was them... Obviously, still trying to work out how to do Pokémon in 3D, um, which would uh, get way, way more expanded upon in Gen 7, which we'll talk about later. But um, I feel like it brought Pokémon into 3D decently well. Obviously, they had to uh, allocate a lot, a lot of time into putting every single Pokémon into like 3D models, uh, taking into consideration gender variants, alternate forms, whatever. Uh that was a huge chunk of effort that they put in um obviously it was the introduction of megas and primals uh with uh or at least uh with primals um I think it's a gr- i think it's a great mechanic um but I don't feel like it should be brought back for every every generation I feel like it's not it doesn't have the staying power um I don't think any any gimmick really will. Um, Like Z moves, Dynamaxing, they don't have the staying power. Um, You know, to keep going through each generation. um, That kind of thing was regional forms, which again, we'll get into in Gen 7. Um, But it it was definitely. The games were too easy. Uh, No question about it. They were way, way too easy. The story um, was also. Coming off of Gen 5 especially, oh my god, the story was really disappointing. Um, it had a lot of potential, I feel, with the whole, you know, ah, oh, I want to destroy the world, I want to make a new beautiful one. Uh, it, it was definitely, it was it was a bit reminiscent of Gen 4, I feel. But, um, yeah, the story could have been much better, and the evil team were just so wacky. They they looked ridiculous. Um, and then... There was this weird. Uh, I wrote this down. The the Lumio City save uh, glitch, like where if you saved in Lumio City, you uh, there was a chance that your game file would just corrupt, like for no reason, which was a mega problem. No pun intended. Um, when the games first came out, and they patched it very quickly, which I believe was the first time Pokemon has ever been. Like time. Patched. Um after release, but yeah, not too much to say about Gen Six overall. Just not the best yeah. Pokemon games. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's about <coughs> it
0: for me. Um I think I think you got it pretty well summarized. Got I got I've got to stop coughing tonight. I can't yeah. help it. Um it's, uh, no, it's it's uh, yeah definitely going to roll into my conversation a- about it uh, uh, quite well, to be honest, because I-, I have a lot of feelings about Gen 6 um, in terms of what it did to Pokemon, personally. So, um, I'm ready to talk whenever you are ready to start that timer.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Um, I'll just start it for you now. Then. Okay. Alright, so, Generation 6. Generation 6 is hard because that transition to 3D kind of killed the game and that that is unfortunate uh, like super unfortunate to say but it made it like going into it it felt like the transition to 3d was more important to them to the actual state than the actual state of the game so much to the point that they didn't even craft a third version um which was up until that point something that technically hadn't ever been done before if you count black 2 white 2 as the third version um and that is, you know, pretty depressing in its own part because they had a whole thing set up for Zygarde, which would be explored later in a different generation rather than in this one. Um, the end game in X and Y was extremely disappointing. Your your literal squad of rivals was more irritating than actually helpful. Um the difficulty of the game was so low that Drew beat the entire game solely with a Pikachu and H.M. slaves just to get him across objectives. If his Pikachu would die, he would intentionally wipe. And he bet it entirely with a Pikachu. And that wasn't too far after the game had actually released. He, he, he was like, I reckon I could do this with just a Pikachu. He did it with a Pikachu called PikaDrew. Um... And, you know what, uh, Pokemon designs and stuff like that, yeah, some of them were definitely cool, but holy crap, X and Y was an absolute letdown, and it felt like it was all for the sake of introducing Pokemon to a 3D scope, which I don't even think was 100% necessary for the series at that time, uh, with the 3DS's limitations. So now, uh, moving on to Oras, though. Oras is a is, is a fairly fairly decent remake. It definitely didn't hit the same beats that Generation 2 did, Uh, sorry, well, Generation 4 did with Gen 2, Um, but Oras did introduce a concept in uh, hunting down legendaries from every game, which was, you know, absolutely fantastic, it definitely gave people a reason to shiny hunt legendaries, and like, you know, flying on Latios to find gates around the world, Latios or Latias to find gates around the world was really cool, Um, and the Zinnia story at the end of the game to fight Deoxys with Mega Rayquaza, that was super dope. It was really good. But the thing that really ticked people off is that they introduced a new island to do endgame content at. And they had a model of the Battle Frontier on that island. And when you clicked on it, it said, Coming soon, Battle Frontier. So everybody got excited. They're like, Whoa, the game's going to get updated to get Battle Frontier. And it never did. And the Battle Frontier was the standout thing from Emerald. And everybody was excited to see that there was a possibility it would come back. And it didn't. And that was the biggest letdown for that game, and that's sort of what dragged it under, especially when Gen 4 did Gen 2 remake so much justice with the new Safari Zone. Um, rotating legend... Yeah, that's, that's right. Rotating legendaries in uh, the cavern for Groudon, Kyogre, Rayquaza, etc. Um, there there was a lot of things that Oris did right, but it also regressed a bit by the decisions it's, the, the decisions it made for the sacrifice of having 3D just as X and Y did and that's a shame that's that's really a shame it really brought the whole generation down
2: hmm.
1: yeah mm-hmm. you put it pretty well so <clears throat> yeah no i think we uh, both agree that gen 6 wasn't their strongest mm. no. uh, generation <laughs> I, I don't think there's any i don't think
0: anybody has uh, I mean, there's there is def- there's definitely some Generation 6 stands out there without any any questionable doubt. But I think that mainly comes down to people who either played it first or maybe they liked the transition to 3D so much that it kind of overshadowed the problems of it. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, I-, I do think that, like, Mega Evolutions and stuff like that were a cool and unique concept in their own right. Um, but yeah, their inconsistency to sort of keep a mechanic in the game throughout history, uh, does make it kind of a moot point, which really sucks. Um, and overall, just like the game felt flat for the sake of trying to progress the series forward at a time it really didn't need to. Uh, handheld Pokemon games, uh, they, I don't think they ever should have been, uh, should have moved to 3D, at least not in the, not on the 3DS, um it just it took up way too much resources for the sake of looking prettier
1: Oh, oh one hundred percent i think uh if they kept with um if they if they built on what gen 5's art style was um obviously bringing it up to you know the higher standards of the three d s um it definitely would have been much better than just pushing it into three d 'Cause I feel like if they waited for the you know, whenever the switch rolled around, um which they they definitely knew, um not not back when X and Y was happening, obviously, but that it they knew at some point, obviously. Um Wow my train of thoughts just gone. Um <laughs> it's all right. Nope, it's back. Um, <laughs> if they waited, um they then they could have at least had a decent um, explanation for why each Pokémon wasn't going to be in the games, or at least they could have started building up that um, that future-proof um, kind of uh, database of 3D models for every Pokémon, um, and they could have spent more time perfecting them, uh, r- getting rid of the... the um, the kind of little details that like they're not the most important, but like just smoothing over the you know, just getting rid of the creases. Um they definitely could have at least had a bit of more of a reason, uh, to be like, hey, we can't really include every single Pokemon in these games, um, because, you know, moving them all into 3D within such a small time frame not an easy task um but uh, alas they went with 3D and it definitely I I definitely agree with you it did uh yeah. harm the franchise a little bit um especially moving forward into um gen 8 specifically yeah. mm-hmm. I feel um which we'll get to
0: I I think I think yeah. the problem is is that <clears throat> we're under the presumption and i think they actually said that the reason they were sort of doing it was that you know they they would get all the they would get all the models out and this would future proof the uh like the state of pokemon for 3d and it didn't it didn't they had to go back and rework on the models again for sword and shield like it completely stuffed it, it, it they screwed the pooch really bad um, and that's that's really depressing, and there's there's nothing they can do about it now. It's happened. It's stuffed up. Um, and uh, the Zygarde thing is will always infinitely be confusing to me. Oh why why yeah. they, why they did it's, that? It's, it's
1: they were planning. Um, they were planning like third versions. I'm pretty sure that they were planning um, an X and Y version with something to do with Z in mm-hmm. the title, like um that was found in that uh, Nintendo. database leak uh, that happened not too long ago um which is really interesting they really should have done that because I think I do think that X and uh, X and Y if they got those um third versions or those new games would have been a lot better and a lot more higher regarded like gen 6 would have been brought up a lot by those games fleshing out uh things um that uh, they couldn't in X and Y, but alas, we're a bit too far ahead of that, almost almost yeah, 10 years yeah. uh, past X and Y's release. And you,
0: and you know what? So. Uh, to cap that off, the most depressing thing about Generation 6 is the anime was the standout thing about Generation 6. The anime oh was actually God. pretty good, so <laughs> you know what? That's, that's a little bit depressing, yeah. um, <clears throat> but...
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Oh well.
0: Um. Anyway, so uh, a score for this one, Meta.
1: Ah, uh, it's it's rough. It's um, I think it's a two for me personally. Think. Yeah. I I'm tossing up between two and three because I do remember all yeah. fondly. Um. But uh, I'm gonna have it's, it's X and Y. Yeah. Like yeah, I absolutely. Yeah. I often, when I when I think about where I place each of the Pokemon generations, at least in my own head, um, I I usually bump Gen six down, or at least X and Y down to where um, Red and Blue are for me. So it's probably a yeah, two. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it is. It is unfortunately that rough that I don't think I can give it any any more generous of a score, despite RS being pretty good. Um, you know, I yep. think I think the transition to 3D just kind of really did in that generation a lot I, I understand what they were trying to go for they were trying to improve it for the future of Pokemon games in general, but unfortunately, it just didn't do it and then like, it didn't help that the story was coming off the back of one of the best like, you, you know, one of the best things that had ever come out of mm. Pokemon for a story it was really, really rough in that regard and unfortunately Gen, Gen uh, 6 really screws the pooch, but Oh well, that's fine. We're moving on to yeah, generation 7. Totally. There's going to be there's going to be Absolutely. a little bit of ifs buts and ums about this one as well, but like overall <laughs> I don't I can't say that it's not an improvement. Right. Um so we'll uh, mm-hmm. talk about that one. Um so
1: yeah, no this is where uh, we differ again because I remember Gen yeah, 7 Yeah, very fond, yeah,
0: and that's that's uh that's so, perfectly yeah. fine. Um but uh, that's yeah, what the conversation's yeah, all about. So uh, <laughs> let's see. That would make me exactly. the first one to talk about this one, I suppose. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Go ahead. Uh, I'll get the timer started. Okay. You start
0: talking. Uh, all right. So, Generation Seven, Sun and Moon. So here's the thing with Sun and Moon, right? Uh, is that it? It's with Generation Six. It sort of started off a trend of you know not really sort of pushing forward that third version. Uh, And then it it kind of did, but in the Generation 5 way, it got really confusing from this point in terms of, like, how they were going to do a third game. Um, It seems they opted for, like, a a sequel as well. Um, Listen, Generation 7 overall, I don't think its story is bad. I think it's pretty decent, and I think, like, the environments are pretty good, and I think there's a whole selection of Pokémon that are pretty good. I think the island challenge is really unique. I think Ultra Beasts were a cool after story that allowed you to get your hands on some really, really weird Pokemon. However, this is where the complimenting kind of stops, because the amount of hand-holding in Generation 7, regardless of what version you're playing, is absolutely dreadful. There is way too many text boxes in Generation 7 that half the time it feels like I'm playing a visual novel, and that really does suck. Uh, there's a lot of great things about Generation 7 that I could sing, th- sing their praises for, but they essentially took a lot of the game away from me by holding my hand so much. Uh, the other thing is is that it told a pretty coherent story and a pretty good one at that. Like, I can't even really fault it that much. The Ultra Beasts and Nihilego and uh, Lusamine's sort of, like, dark corruption uh, and all that stuff and Gladion involved. Uh, It was all really good, but then they left it off with the impression uh, in the first two games that uh, Lily was going to Kanto to go and find a way to sort of cure her mother, and we're like, oh, wow, that's going to be what they're going to move on to the next generation. Well, not the next generation, but the follow-up, and I was really excited about that, and it never fucking happened. It was, like, the same argument that you had about Giovanni and his thing, except it was in Generation 7, and it was arguably a lot worse because they actually hinted at something happening. Um, something that would be, like, more fruitful than just somebody getting an ending, but, like, a future hope for the next game. Uh, like, we would go back to Canto or whatever, or, you know, we would actually find a new place to explore. And then when it come into ultra sun ultra moon it just come back to here's rainbow rocket hooray fantastic uh, and that was kind of a pain in the ass there were a lot of characters in the game that were great uh Lusamine, lily gladian were a good trio as well as their dad i cannot remember his name how no no i can't remember his name um on uh, his uh, little Poker island which was great um team skull was fantastic Really did not care for the Aether Foundation whatsoever. They can get bugged, but the uh, overall sort of the overall push throughout the story is pretty good. And the fact that it has a really like deep and rich lore for these four islands is great. But it does get overshadowed with the amount it wants to talk to you about it rather than discover it yourself, and that is kind of annoying. That's all I really got to say about Generation Seven.
1: That's fair enough. There's a lot of good points mm. in there, actually. Um,
0: yeah. No. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Anyway, I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you push forward and I, uh, get your positive yeah. comments out.
1: I do. I do have some uh, yes, differing uh, points. So whenever you're ready to yeah, start, yeah, alright, uh, right. it's a go, man. Alright, so in my opinion, this is 3D Pokemon at its best. Visually, it's really good, especially in uh, ultra sun and ultra moon um the theme especially of like uh Hawaii and that kind of culture was brilliant I think the pokemon designs um were awesome as well I think they're some of the best in the whole series um the story the story was definitely really good especially especially coming off of gen six um it it's funny because gen 6 is sandwiched in between two really good pokemon stories um but you know i feel that it doesn't quite ri- rival gen 5 but it, it it's it's definitely not uh it's it's trying to competent, competently tell a story and i think it does um but you know they introduced regional forms that is one of the best additions in all of the series, probably no. I'm going to I'm going to make a bold statement. Regional forms is the best thing that they've ever introduced in the series. Just putting that out there. Um, and they they are still doing it to this day. Um, with even with Legends Arceus with H- uh, Hisuian Pokemon. That's not even a new generational game. That's a mid gen game. They've never done that before. That's how big regional forms are, and they did it. They started off really well uh, in Gen 7, while it was only Gen 1 Pokemon. Uh, obviously that got expanded on later uh, later down on the line. Um, but yeah, I'll touch on Let's Go briefly as well. The art style, gorgeous, I love the art style of Gen uh, of, of Let's Go. Um, but it suffers the same problems as Gen 1, um, but... Overall, the generation as a whole, I think it's really good. Um uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's about all I have to say, that's honestly. Right? Um the obviously obviously the text boxes thing, it d- it does hold your hand a mm-hmm. lot. Um but um as someone who was who who went uh through the games um just kind of taking in Everything. Um, taking, I, I really tried to take my time with it, especially because it was the first game that I ever pre-ordered. Pokemon Sun was the first game I ever pre-ordered and got on launch day. Um, I really did take my time with it, and I, I think it probably a bit of nostalgia goggles uh, on that front because of <laughs> the fact that I it was the first game I ever pre-ordered. You know, that's a big thing, <laughs> um, but um it was also a huge talking point among um my friend group Mm -hmm. um it was a huge thing every every new announcement that they had um all the new Pokemon all the new regional forms we were all you know chatting about it um it was the first time I'd really had that connection with other people um other than just my best friend um about Pokemon and um (laughs) <laughs> I distinctly remember the one time that anyone has probably ever used Battle Royals in Gen 7 um, was at my birthday party. We were all, you know, we all did a whole big Battle Royal, and it was a lot of fun. Um, which, I think I think there's a lot of potential with Battle Royals. Um, they should have tried it a bit more. Especially in Gen 8, I feel like it would have fit really well in Gen 8. But, no, that's all that's all I really have to say. Oh also, uh, did I mention the removal of HMs? It's a yeah, pretty big yeah, one.
0: Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: No. That's Here's that the thing,
0: is one. like I think I think Generation Seven could have been a better Pokemon game if it just didn't talk to you so much or try to like explain everything so much. Um Yeah, and that's
1: a very valid yeah, criticism. Yeah it does. Like it does certainly do that. Um but, Listen, yeah, no.
0: there is one person sad, I know that is an absolute <laughs> avid hater of Generation 7, like, more than anybody else on the planet, and that person is Drew. Um, And you know yeah. what, like, um, I understand how he feels, I do, uh, not just because he's my friend, but because mm-hmm. I can understand that as a Pokemon player, like, it feels like an experience that's crafted for a younger audience, right? And if you don't have a connection to the mm-hmm. story, like, if you don't really, if you don't care too much about the story, which he didn't, I don't think, um whereas i actually did get like decently invested in like where these characters were going um it definitely brought the experience up for me a bit but um i also don't feel that excuses some of its shortcomings like it's a uh, cliffhanger ending where it never came to a follow-up that really come down to okay. the same thing you were talking about giovanni earlier where she's just like, oh, I'm gonna go to Kanto, and then it's just like to find a cure for my mother. It's like cool. Uh, does she ever get cured? No, she uh, kind of just perpetually remains sick forever, and we don't know where Lily's gone. That's kind of just what happened to that yeah. character, and that like stuff like that's a little bit annoying, right? But like Team Skull is uh, easily one of the best uh, villain groups ever crafted uh, for Pokemon. There, oh, there absolutely. is. I don't think anybody can question that. Um, they, they take a second seat to Team Plasma for me for very obvious reasons because uh, Team Plasma uh, has, like, an internal conflict going on. Plasma. Yeah, that's right. They have an internal yeah. conflict going on, which makes this, their story yeah. stupid compelling. But these guys have an internal conflict uh, as as well, but I don't feel it's as impactful as uh, Plasma's in Black 2, White 2. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> But overall, yeah, like, I, I I, absolutely understand how people can love the game, but, like, looking at it from my perspective, uh, personally, it uh, definitely tried too hard to introduce a new generation of Pokemon, uh, like, a new generation of Pokemon games into the game, uh, Pokemon games, Pokemon fans into the games, um, but it... <laughs> It kind of it kind of dialed it back really harsh. Like the Sun and Moon anime is really fucking good. Um like yeah. if if you have if you wanna watch if you wanna watch a Pokemon anime and you wanna have a campy fun time, please go and watch the Sun and Moon anime on Netflix. It is really good. And I told Drew that too. I'm like, listen, I know you don't like Sun and Moon, but the anime is actually worth watching. Um it, it's a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, and, you know what, like, that sort of does just pertain to, like, the fact that the last two generations, the anime was better than the games. Like, personally, I, mm. I, I you know, they they didn't move too far off the story beats of the main villains uh, in the anime. Like, Lysandra was still trying to take over yeah. the world, but they made the situation more dire in in the anime and then like the stuff with the ultra beasts and stuff like that in the sun and moon anime they made them into like a fun like hey we're power rangers type deal and that would that was really cool and like i feel like uh you know that really helps lend to the fact that alola can be a great region right and um it's the the only time spoiler alert for the anime i suppose it's the only time ash has ever actually fucking won a league um so <laughs> I, you know like I, I do i do understand that from a from a perspective but unfortunately i i do think like it doesn't introduce anything uh, except for maybe uh, obviously regional variants um i don't think it introduces anything mm. to the series that changes the game so much that I sh- I like I need to be explained what's going on. Yet it tries to explain what's going on too much. So I actually think it sits at about a three for me, personally. Mm. What about okay.
1: you? That's fair enough. I think personally, um, I w- <laughs> as much as I want to give it a five because I love it uh, a lot. Um, it's yep. a four. Um, it does. Oh, I didn't even. Mentioned Z moves because that's well, how you know inconsequential yeah. they were in the grand scheme of things. They were an interesting idea, um, not really executed incredibly well. Uh, but like I said, in my own personal opinion, I think regional variants are the best thing that Pokemon has done since Pokemon. Like it is the it is it is such a universal, like, mm-hmm. thing, you know, like, you could, you could introduce any new region with, uh, any, like, unique thing, and you can still put a unique spin on a lot of older Pokemon, and I think that just, it opened up the doors for so many possibilities, and even, uh, going into Gen 8 especially, um, it added... Evolution, like new evolutions to this Pokémon, and that's obviously yeah. been continued in um, Legends and stuff. Uh, but we'll we'll get into the Gen Eight stuff yeah. uh, in a moment, uh, yeah. of course. But yeah, no, I hold Gen Seven very close to my heart. Um, I feel like uh, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon are. If you're going for gameplay, it, that are the games you play. But if you're going for story, it's obviously I, Sun and Moon because they change it a minuscule amount, but it it changes the dynamic between Lily and um, and Lusamine and it changes that whole conflict. And I I don't, I don't really like the way they handled it. But um, also, they made Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon decently hard. Like it's it's not mm-hmm. a breeze. Um, but you know. Depends, yeah, I true. guess.
0: And I, I will, uh, I will sort of take note of that in my head about regional variants, uh, like for you and, uh, saying that it was one of the best things I've ever introduced because going into Gen 8, I do need to talk about something which has honestly changed the game for me, which is, uh, you know, um, a, a few things. Um, and it definitely is, is going to affect, like, it definitely has affected my opinion over time of the following subject being gen 8 um so this one is yours for the taking it's the last one we've got um and like it's been a long journey we're here at like two like nearly two and a half hours but we're nearly there um, oh <laughs> but like in yeah. saying that as well, um, I think uh, it, it's it's fair clear to realise that this technically this generation isn't finished yet. So most of this is going to be basis off of what we have yeah. from uh, from uh, Sword and Shield and its DLCs. And uh, so, and if anybody is listening in the past of this episode, just take that with a little bit of a grain of salt because at this point. Um, we do not have Brilliant Diamond, Shining, Pearl, and we don't have Pokemon Arceus Legends. So that's, that could change the ballpark completely. But as for now, we're making this basis based on Sword and Shield and its Steel So, Meta, I'm going to let you take the yes. lead on this one.
1: Absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, whenever you're you ready, I'm just going to start, start talking. Um, <laughs> so, I feel like uh, the introduction of Pokemon Uh, roaming in the overworld, rather than just being in tall grass, changed the game. Uh, It made uh, just going through each route, going through the wild area especially, feel a lot more... um, Like, it it made the game feel a lot more alive, and that definitely played a big part in me It it being the first game that I ever completed the Pokédex in, just because I wanted to. Um, Like my 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 motivation for completing the Pokédexes in previous games, which I'd only done in like one, was just I wanted the living Dex because it was it's a cool idea. But I never really like went through a game and was like I'm gonna complete the Pokédex. This was the first time I ever did that. And I had a really, really fun time doing it. I loved every second of it. Um, I think uh, raids also helped uh, a lot with the um, sense of playing with other people. It, It felt like we were playing Pokemon together, but like together against you know, Pokemon. It, it's a weird, it's a weird way to put it, but I think raids uh, were brilliant, um, especially with the, um, you know, uh, how they tie into Dynamax. Uh, I think Dynamax is a really good mechanic. It's much better than Megas and Z moves competitively. I think it, there's a lot more strategy to it, uh, and I think Gigantamaxing is also pretty cool because it brings back that whole, um, like, oh, there's a new form for this Pokemon. It's really cool. Um, the same kind of thing that Megas had um uh I also want to talk about the story it was a huge letdown uh I think that's pretty unanimous but it has probably the most potential uh to be an incredible story they just missed the mark entirely I feel like if um uh rose could have been such an incredible villain um kind of like uh someone from persona 5 royal uh the third semester of that don't want to spoil it because it's incredible go play it but um very similar to that um like you 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 sympathize with him and you, you 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 even to a um A certain degree agree with him. Like yes, this is a problem. This needs to be, uh, this this issue needs to be stopped. But also, there are other things. Oh god damn it! I still haven't touched the DLC yet. That's all right. I'll Um, let you talk about the DLC. But okay, cool. Um, but yeah, uh, Hop's character arc also was really, really good. One of my favorites in the series. Um, it felt really, really real. Um, with him going. Like him not wanting to bring shame to his brother's name um, and then eventually uh, becoming the professor's assistant uh, which I felt was a really good conclusion to his character um, but yeah, it just if it weren't for that the the story would just be completely <laughs> not great uh, the DLCs though uh, I'll, I'll try to make this really quick the Isle of Armour was uh, it improved upon the wild area a lot, and it definitely showed potential for what they could do in the future. Um, The the story was really short, it was kind of meh, but the the introductions that they made with um, the new Gigantamaxes and the the new Pokemon uh, were good. I enjoyed them, I got my money's worth, considering it was only half of the DLC. Um, And then... The f- fuck, what was it called? Frozen Tundra or something like that? Crown Tundra. Crown Tundra. Crown Tundra was awesome. I loved it. Um, I loved the little expeditions that you went on uh, to go find each like, of the legendaries, and like the just the little interactions and, you know, um, having to actually chase down the roaming legendaries. You see them flying around. That is awesome! Uh, that was like roaming legendaries at its best, in my opinion. Um, and also, Dynamax Adventures, um, they were just raids, but better, I think. Um, yeah, just the DLC has improved upon the base game so much, so, so much. And if you if you were on the fence about Sword and Shield, like you played through it, you were like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'll pick it up. Like, I, I don't know if I'll play the DLCs. Play it; it will definitely be a better experience um, if you if you mm. like Pokemon. The gameplay, yep. anyway. That was definitely <laughs> of no, that's, <wonder>. that's okay. <laughs> but, like, here's the thing: <laughs> but,
0: is like it's in the current generation, right? So it's it's very easy to sort of get yeah, lost totally. In it. It, it like because it's the most fresh in our minds technically. Um. So that's yeah, definitely yeah, without any uh, semblance of a doubt. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I am free and ready to uh, talk about it. Yeah, sure, man, whenever you're
1: um, whenever okay. you're ready to go. Right.
0: I am good to go. I am going to start. So, Sword cool. and Shield, uh, I think uh, what you said is pretty much nail on the head with the story, and I don't really want to talk about it. The story fell stupidly flat uh, very, very quickly, uh, and that's a shame. And there was a lot that they could have done with the whole, you know, Dynamaxing and all that stuff. And they also could have done a hell of a lot more in general for that. Uh, the Wild Area is a very unique and cool concept that works in a lot of ways uh, and I think that's great but unfortunately uh, it is very buggy uh, even to this day especially with the online play the online play does not work correctly and that uh, is really terrible that sucks Uh, like uh, with the cards and like refreshing constantly and then having to search just to refresh properly it's stupid Um, It's not good, and that sucks. Uh, But like Wild Area as a concept is really good, and I'm glad that they tried something new, which is definitely uh, 100% sort of on the right. Um, Now, pushing past that, um, I do want to talk about the three things that change Pokemon in a very positive way that I don't think can leave the series. Um, And that is how they handle competitive, competitive battling in Sword and Shield. Uh, Having a ranking system and stuff like that, really good. Um, Having, you know, miniature seasons for them and seeing how far you can climb and, like, all that stuff and see where you sit in ranks. All really good. Getting rewarded for that, perfect. Brilliant. It gives people the chance to play competitively for a, like, a miniature prize reward, which is an incentive to keep playing uh, in that competitive scene. And that's brilliant. Like, I, I think that's extremely important for pokemon. It definitely does the pvp the best in the series. There's no question about that. You cannot uh, you cannot really dispute it. It it that's how it is. Um uh that also leads into breeding mechanics as well. Um making a per- like making a perfect pokemon has never been easier than in sword and shield. They cut down the time so significantly that you can build all 600 of those pokemon in sword and shield uh, that, you know, 600 odd, uh, in Sword and Shield. I think it's more now, actually. I can't, look, I can't remember, but, you know, there's a fair bit of, uh, Pokemon in there, and I feel like you could competitively raise one of each of those Pokemon really, really easy. Um, it's, uh, very quick to the mark, you know, it's not hard to get, EXP items to push your Pokemon off up. You don't have to grind them in battling to level level them up. You just go and do raids, and you get rewarded for doing raids as well as EXP candies to level them up. Uh, breeding is really simple to do. Min max breeding is really simple to do, which is very important to that. Um, and overall, you know, uh, when it comes to the Pokedex and stuff like that as well, breeding was it, it it just made it easier to complete the Pokedex in that game, and it was just it was great. There was no I don't think uh, anybody can fault the breeding or the competitive play at all. Uh, Now, Max Raid Battles, I feel like people could... I will finish this point. Um, Max Raid Battles, I do feel like people could dispute it, but honestly, it is one of the best additions they've ever made to the Pokemon game, and this is what I would argue to be the best addition that they've ever added to a Pokemon game. Not because Max Raid Battles in the current state that they are, in the regular wild areas, are great, because they're not, right? they're not good in the sense that taking on one Pokemon uh, to get that Pokemon is fine and it works fine and operates fine. Uh, but finding groups in sword and shield is really bad. Like it's really annoying. It's better off to just tackle them with friends. There's that you can't dispute that. That's just how it is. Um, joining randoms groups is near impossible. Uh, you will almost always get locked out before you even get the chance. Um, but that's when you move into the DLC and you get uh, the uh, Max Raid Adventures or Dynamax Adventures or whatever you want to call them. Dynamax Adventures are the single best mechanic to, well, single best, uh, I guess, minigame to ever be introduced into Pokémon for very, for a very simple reason, and that is challenging content with friends. They make, they force you to use rental Pokémon and catch your Pokémon along the way and form your party until you hit the boss. Your reward is the chance at a Shiny Legendary, or just a Legendary if you just want the Legendary, right? Uh, you also get uh, stuff back from it to help you develop your Pokemon teams, while also getting that chance to sort of pick up a lot of Shinies on the, on the mainstay of it. Uh, it is a really good Shiny hunting method, for one. Um, being able to pair up with four of your friends and tackle one of those things is great, and it's a good farming, farming method for everybody involved, no matter what. It's it, it's challenging especially against Pokemon like Zygarde that have multiple AOE moves. It makes it, it is honestly just the perfect PVE content for Pokemon. and I would be very disappointed if they take it away instead of just p- improving on it because improving on it what ne- is what needs to be done. Uh, it adds a whole new element to Pokemon that is anything outside of you know like trading or battling with your friends. Uh, it gives you an activity to do together, and that is what is most important about Dynamax raids. Um, those three things combined have changed my opinion on Sword and Shield pretty much entirely. They're, like, wow. the thing is is like, yeah. the game is rough at its core. There is no, there is no denial in that. But the things it does to improve the quality of the end game. Are really, really good, and I would be sad to see
1: any of those things go absolutely mm-hmm. yeah no you um you brought up the competitive stuff, especially that yeah. was huge um it has never been no, easier to train competitive Brooklyn and I tried in uh, gen seven yeah, I couldn't be bothered though because it was a lot of work, but with the uh introduction of mints and you literally just being able to drug up your mm-hmm. pokemon until their uh, evs are full instead of having to you know put 10 on and then then you go um you can just put all 26 mm-hmm. on you know boost up one stat entirely uh really really good um in terms of the competitive uh quality of quality of life and just quality of life in general being ab- able to access your Entire box anywhere. Um, there, there was a lot of good stuff in it. And uh, what you said about raids, I could not agree more. Like, they are probably one of my favorite things to come out of Pokemon in recent times. Um, I remember for a solid, like, four days, me and my friends were just... I hadn't even beaten the first gym yet because I was having so much fun just doing raids with friends. Um I had level si- <laughs> I had level 60s before the first gym. Um so obviously the whole game was pretty easy for me. Um but also um the the champion and hell even like in the late game it's not it's not uh too incredibly easy um like um i did a nuzlocke uh or at least most of a nuzlocke i'm too <coughs> scared to finish it <laughs> because of how badly the eighth gym leader went for me um yeah the eighth gym leader was a bloodbath i went in with six pokemon uh, a full like strategy and how to beat it and i went and i went out of there with two pokemon barely alive <laughs> if i had messed up that last those last few turns i would have wiped and lost the entire Oof. run it was intense and i am scared to continue it i haven't touched it in uh, like a year <laughs> i i don't think i will go back to it honestly but i do want to i do want to uh at some point but yeah no the the aim's not uh a pushover towards the end um but, yeah, no, I think you, you brought up a lot of good points um, regarding competitive, and the Max Raids, and Dynamax Adventures mm-hmm. as well, yep. um, were probably my favorite part of the DLC, that was what I was most excited about from the get-go, um, was, you know, that new co-op mode, it was more than just raids, it was yeah, exciting, right. Yeah, and I'm... I'm 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 quite upset that um a lot of my friends who I did play Sword and Shield with and like the raids and stuff at the start like when the game the games were new um I was quite upset that they dropped off uh when that uh, when the Crown Tundra came out because that would have been so much more fun and so much more to do with them and to do with other people yeah. but yeah no I. <laughs> I do hope that they uh bring back something like that in the next um you know, generation. And even even not necessarily like to the level that they did in Sword and Shield in Legends Arceus, but I hope they did at least something in Legends. But um, yeah. No, that's about all I the have to say. The
0: one thing I for, I forgot to mention actually oh. now that you, to, now that you like you've sort of talked about it, but like when you when you are talking about the DLC, here's that that is technically the shadow fourth of my four of of my reasons why the like Sword and Shield change. I, I've changed my opinion on on Sword and Shield the more I've played it, um, <clears throat> and it's that if DLCs replace the third version, I wouldn't be depressed. I would be Yeah, so would I, would I Because DLCs um, You're paying a cost price Not to play another fucking game again But to get additional content For a game you're already playing Exactly And look yeah, The additional just, content No, you're right The the, the additional content Was more than you would ever get In a third version
1: uh, Yeah, absolutely Um, And, and it, it costs top, less yeah. as well Like it's only half the price Of the third version Because you're not Buying the same mm-hmm. game again Absolutely and that's always been the issue with third versions. It's like you're buying the same game again. Little improvements, but there's honestly not that much. Um, but with DLCs, I, I wholeheartedly believed that that was way better than uh, anything mm-hmm. uh, a third yeah. version could offer. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah.
0: With, without without any any sense of a doubt, I. That's you know, if if the series doesn't move forward like that, then. Like, I, I I would be extremely depressed because, honestly, it has just given so much more of a reason to sort of go back to the game as opposed to buying a new copy and playing it out of spite, which, you know, and, and that's, that's yeah. it, it's just, if, if anybody hasn't <laughs> yeah. played the DLC, you need to play it because it, it makes 150 million improvements, <laughs> like, to the actual game itself. I know that it's an extra cost price on top of the game uh but let's be real if you were if you were going to buy the third version anyway then there's no reason for you not to do it so that that is kind of where it's at but we are at the apex of this list so now we actually need to give a score for generation eight and what we need to do is we actually need to summarize this whole thing (laughs) so generation eight i'm gonna let you score first
1: oh boy this is um you putting <laughs> me on the spot mate. Um jeez. So I really, really enjoyed my time with Gen 8. Um it's not pinnacle Pokemon, it's n- it's no Gen 5, it's no it's no Gen 4, you know, it it's no Gen 7 even. Um mm-hmm. at least for me, obviously. Um But I feel like it's good enough at least in the gameplay department. For me to give it a 4 I think we're spot on on that um, too I know Yeah, I definitely do think so And I think that will still Hold true uh, Even as Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl And mm-hmm. Legends Arceus they, as, as they come out um, If we yeah, count we do, them as yeah. Gen 8 I think we do um, Yeah, Legends Arceus is The game that You know it's very clear that they were, um, they were experimenting with. In Gen Eight, they really, really wanted to take that leap, and I am so happy that they are, that they are taking that leap. They are just going headfirst into what they tried out. You know, they dip their toes in the water, and then now they're going yeah, swimming. Yeah, that's right. And I'm so excited for what Me the future too. holds. Um, yeah, no, yeah, it's I think really,
0: um, like. A lot, of, a lot of the people that sort of do look back on it and see the performance issues and stuff like that. And you know what? Um, when it comes down to people being angry and stuff like that with Gen, Gen 8, like, I, I'm not going to say that their points are invalid, right? Um, it does feel like a lot of work, a lot more work, could have gone into Generation 8. There is no question about that. They could have delayed the games. They chose not to because they had to make a Christmas release date that information isn't public as to whether we actually know that but it is so blatantly obvious that that is the fact <laughs> it's um yeah, it's hard so to tell. you know um but the thing is is once you get through it and if you're ever like interested in competitive pokemon or raising pokemon or you know uh collecting like shinies or something like that Sword and Shield, like despite not having all the Pokemon in it, is one of the best ways to do all of those things, and it's also one of the best ways to play Pokemon with your friends. And that, uh, and that is, and that is coming off the back of saying that it has one of the worst online systems. Uh, but the activities in yeah. it make up for the fact that, like, if you would go into like Max Raid, uh, sorry, Dynamax Adventures, it especially, <clears throat> is very very compelling content. Uh, that has no end uh, at least in the scheme of um, you can use it to farm materials and stuff like that to help level your competitive teams. Everything meshes in the end game so well that it becomes one big experience. Like if you you could be smashing max raids for this shiny legendary for so long, you'll finally get that shiny legendary. and on the course of that journey, you haven't just wasted your time you've earned the materials to level up that pokemon to a competitive level and that is you know, like mm-hmm. a competitive level 100 and that is mad that is really good um it's it's hard for me to tell on the future of like when brilliant diamond shining pearl and arceus legends comes out uh but like i i, I have hopes right um Diamond, uh, Diamond and Pearl, like, I've made it clear that Generation 4 was kind of a rough point for me here, um, but I'm hoping that I can go back to those games with positive memories and uh, play through them in a positive light and sort of maybe take a better appreciation from them this time around. I'm, I'm really hoping that. I, I really want to be able to do that. Um, and then, uh, you know, Legends Arceus, it, uh, it is the game... That a lot of people have been hoping would come out of this, even before Sword and Shield. Like when Breath of the Wild came out, a lot of people were like, "Wow, open world Pokemon's possibility. We could see it happen, and it is happening. It is happening. Um, it might look yeah. rough around the edges at the moment, uh, but it it is visibly improving over time, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah, and 100%. you know, like I
1: can't wait for it, man. Like, yeah, um. Back on the topic of sword and shield, uh, it's something I, I I neglected to mention in shot, my. Sure, we we'll do that finish up. Um, yeah, of course. Um, the reason why a lot of people, I think a lot of people, uh, trash on it, um, is obviously there's um, issues with the visuals. Like there's no. There's no question about it. There's issues with the post-game. There's mm-hmm. issues with a lot of things, um, but I don't think it's necessarily bad. I just think yeah. it's inconsistent. Um, I think what it does, what it does well, it does really well. It hits it out of the park. But what it does poorly, it really. Yeah. Things <laughs> like, even 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 the visuals in my opinion are con- inconsistent like you look at a place like uh the glimwood tangle or like ballanlea winden um motorstoke they all look really good uh postwick uh wedgehurst or those like country towns um they look really nice but you go to the wild area flat, and just yeah. it's very flat it's very washed out it uh the it, it's very blurry. It just it's not pleasant to to yeah. to to look at. Um, which for me at least I could overlook with the gameplay and and collecting Pokemon and all that. Uh, it's what drives me to play Pokemon and the Pokemon designs, especially in Gen Eight, were really really good. And that's something that I really loved about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I won't get into that because we're really really that's pushing said, time yeah. in Gen Eight. <laughs> Yeah, but you—it's know, <laughs> yeah, fresh on everyone's right. memory. But um, you know, it's it's definitely inconsistent, and I think that's everyone's issue. Um, but I, j- I I really hope my one hope for Legends, Arceus, and Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, and the future is just bring the consistency back to a like a a better place. Uh, I want that Pokemon game that everyone can just look at and think Yeah that's it's it's a good game. Like yeah, because it's been a it's been a decent while since we've had a game like that. I would say it's probably been since Gen five, um since like that opinion has been pretty much, you know, just the general consensus on
0: the game. Yep. You know? One hundred percent agree on that, definitely. All right. Well, let's wrap this up then. And uh, we're going to go through... We're going go yeah, to go through our total numbers here, my friend. <clears throat> so, are you, are you ready for this? Oh, boy. Are you ready for this? <laughs> right. I'm so ready. So, I think yeah. we know what's going to be on top. And I think we know what's going to be on bottom. But it's going to be interesting <laughs> where everything sort of sits in the middle, yeah. right? Um. So, okay. it does, the numbers are a little bit interesting, right? So, coming in last place is Generation 6. I think... Um, I think both of us have pretty much explained this pretty well. I think the games are rough because of their transition into 3D, and I think they drop the ball a lot. Um, and yes, it it really does feel like it was just for the sacrifice of having 3D Pokemon, which is not enough to grab an audience. I think that is just sort of where it's at. Um, so that's that's how it ended yeah. up on the bottom. Like that's the unfortunate truth for it. Uh, next, and that was a yeah, that, that was, was a four, four. yeah it it was like, a significantly yeah, adding, yeah, lower okay. score right and uh b- before before we continue yeah. with this list, I'd like to I'd like to uh, sort of just keep it fresh in everyone's mind because the next one will definitely trigger people right um is that this is coming from the perspective of people God. who have entered pokemon at different generations so there were differentiating scores in this that led to lower scores definitely definitely 100% there was so generation mm. one came in second to last. That would make a lot of people angry that I know, definitely. Uh, <laughs> it, it came up. Yeah, it came Nora. up a six. It came up <laughs> a six, um, and that was because you gave it a mm. two and I gave it a four. And that is that is definitely. I did give it a two, but yes. that that that's the thing. That is definitely down to um our difference in where we started with these games.
1: Yeah, definitely, and that was. That was kind of the whole, you know, point of yeah. uh, us doing this. Uh, that was what we wanted to yeah. to see. Um, but no, yeah, it's going to make uh, some people <laughs> a little bit pointy fingery nah, at me, look, uh, I, I look, I look. No, honestly, you
0: can't be blamed because it is it is the truth. Going yeah. back to those, no, it, the, going back to those games when you and people need to look at this without rose-tinted glasses, right? Is if, if Generation 1 wasn't an experience that you experienced closer to the time that it was out, then it is definitely a rougher experience. Um th- There's no question yeah, about it. And look, I gave it a 4, you gave it a 2. The reason I gave it a 4 is because I have a lot of pos- positive experiences with Generation 1 and I can forgive a lot of its shortcomings even sort of in 2021. Um... But that's because I hold those fond memories. And that that is just how it is. Right? So, um, we will move on from that, though. And we will push to third to last. Yeah. <clears throat> which was... Generation 7 with seven points.
2: Mm, yeah. Really? So, Generation okay.
0: 7 had uh, seven points. Uh, you gave it four. I gave it three. Um, yes. It's... The thing about generation seven is it's if you can if you can forgive its its handholdiness and like the amount of texts you're scrolling through and you can get over that Mm. that ending that can either be interpreted as disappointing or just like a where are they going on type thing um then it is it is a better experience but personally like the handholding for me did it like that that was kind of just like you gave me an ending that sounded like it was leading to better things, and you held my hand the entire time, so that's kind of why I lowered it. But like a lot of a lot of the other things about the game, I did actually like. There is no question about that. Um, yeah. And uh, for you, obviously, you know, you hold a hold a closer memory to that because it was a much more social experience between you and your
1: friends. Mm. And yeah, absolutely, it was uh, like it was the. Uh, so- social Pokemon experience. Uh, that I had. Um, yeah. In my childhood, because obviously, um, I didn't have that many friends growing up that were into Pokemon. Um, even in like year year th- three, four, people were, you know, over it. People were getting into other things. They were <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that, that, whatever. Um but uh gen 7 is really where i got to connect with other people yes. through pokemon and uh i definitely hold that a lot closer to i guess i guess you could say it's um it's similar to how people regard gen 1 or even gen 2 um cuz that was when everyone was going crazy over Pokemon. That was that was their social experience yep. with it. Whereas Gen Seven A- was mine.
0: Absolutely. Hmm. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> knowing that that was under the top three, that means we only have uh, mm-hmm. Generation Two, Generation Three, Generation Four, and Generation Five left. And if you've caught my little slip up just there, that means that we have one that has tied. We have a tie for third place. Oh. Our tie for third place was Generation 2 and Generation 3 <laughs> at 8 points. Yeah. 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 Um I think yeah. I think both yeah. I think the both these generations like these were like my prime generations for Pokemon, Generation 2 and Generation 3. Um I don't remember Generation 3 probably as fondly as like say like Drew does for example. Um I definitely played a lot of Generation 3, um but I also, out of my friends group, I'm pretty sure I was, like, the only person that played Generation 2. So, um, like, a lot of my friends played Generation 1, skipped Generation 2, because, you know, news didn't circulate as well at the time, and video games where we were weren't as accessible, so they very largely dropped off that end, but when the GBA came out, the gaming scene really boomed, so they picked up generation three, and they remember that a lot f- lot more fondly than I do but uh as somebody that did get their hands on generation two uh generation two is i think i think it's personally better, but I do think that both of them have that score for very good reasons <clears throat> yeah no absolutely
1: they're both mm-hmm. um very yeah good well they do right. they do
0: what they intended to set out to do. Very well, and uh, both of them are held very highly in regard by most people. Uh, And you know, I think that's because like Generation Three is definitely the generation with the most uh, modulability, like in how uh, its systems, its systems sort of worked, uh, and how people could approach them, whether it be like through the modding scene or whether it's just a casual player or whether it was somebody who was looking for more of a challenge. Uh, That was definitely Generation Three. And Generation 2 introduced a lot of systems that would become mainstay for Pokemon. Um, and I had a lot of experiences with Gen 2 as a result, sort of thing. Uh, I I was always interested in the shiny Pokemon and stuff like that. I tried hunting some sometimes. Got bored really quick because you're a kid and you don't have that attention span. But my point is is that, like, you know... there <laughs> There is a very good reason both yeah, of those sit yeah. in, a, in a comfy 8 points for 3rd place, right? Um, so... Yeah, absolutely. That means there's two generations left. We know who's at the top. We we will discuss that we, in a second. Yeah, I think we know but generation, quarter, four, generation 4 came oh in God. at second place. Not where I would technically put it on my own personal list. Um, Definitely not. But there is no denying that that game introduced a whole new perspective of Pokemon in terms of how you can interact with people through the internet um there was a lot of cool features like the underground and stuff like that which uh, really elevated that game quite well um the environments were pretty good in uh diamond pearl platinum um and overall i think it is it is it is a solid experience um but it is f- yeah it's just flawed in my own personal tastes and sometimes i forget that
2: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah, no, that's fair enough. I th- like I said um the reason why I put it so highly. Uh, I mm-hmm. put it as a 5, I think, yeah. Um was it's it's the the games that I think of when I think Pokemon. Like if I think a Pokemon game, it's running around in Diamond and Pearl or Platinum. Um it's I like I said I don't know why it's just the most Pokemon yeah, yeah. Pokemon game to me. Um and and even uh like I said in my three minute spiel, um I feel like exploration peaked in dim- uh Diamond Pole Platinum. Obviously uh Diamond Pearl. we didn't we didn't actually touch on the um the whole speed thing in Diamond <laughs> Pearl, but <laughs> yeah, we we yeah. let's not get into that. Um <laughs> but in platinum in platinum when they fixed all that exploration was at its best i feel um at least in terms of like going about the whole map of uh, the way it connected um i like i said yeah, yeah it's, it's just the most powerful to me um
0: so, but yeah it has that score for a reason absolutely. it has that score for a reason there's no question about that um, absolutely now, obviously <laughs> yeah. we have our tip top winner our tip top winner is generation five now a lot of people might come to this list and go, oh, you're biased. You're both Generation You're both Generation 5 fans. And you know what? You are correct. You are yeah. correct. We are both Generation yes. 5 fans. But you know what <laughs> was my generation before this? It was Generation 2. Now, for good a reasons. lot of people that yeah. are fans of Pokemon will yeah. always hold. It's much like a Zelda, right? A lot of people will hold the first generation they play to be their favorite, yeah. right? And Gen 2 was mine for a long, 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 long yeah. time. And it took Generation Five for me to change my mind, and that that says volumes about yeah. just like Generation Five in in general. When you know how stubborn Pokemon fans can be about what they consider a good Pokemon game, <laughs> uh, it it's it you would think it would be hard to change my mind on Generation Two, uh, mainly because, uh. Even the remakes of Generation Two came out before Generation Five, and those games are considered some of the best to play in the series. If you want the complete Pokemon experience, right? Mm. Um, so remakes of Generation Two, you would think, "Holy crap! Like that is my jam, right?" And it was, it was my jam. But then Generation Five mm. came out, and Black and Black Two, uh, Black and White and Black Two and White Two, made a whole coherent package. Yeah, in terms of story, in terms yeah. of, like, Pokemon designs, <laughs> which a lot of people gloss over to pick out uh, Trubbish or Vanillish, as we discussed. Um, and there's a lot of dynamic characters in those games, whether it be for the uh, gym leaders or N or Getsus or, you know, the MCs, your rivals, all of those characters. They've all got their own different energy. They've all got their own personality. And I think you feel the most in that game than you do in any other Pokemon game, personally.
1: Yeah. I I agree with that. Like, there is a very, very good multitude of reasons as to why we've both uh, agreed upon mm-hmm. Gen 5 being the best. Um, I think both of us went into this oh, shit, in knowing yes. that Gen Absolutely. 5 was going yeah. to be at the top. Yeah, of course. Oh, absolutely. Um and you know what? yeah, we we might be a bit biased, but you know, this at the end of the day, this is mm-hmm. yeah, just yeah, a big yeah. opinion piece. Um uh and that's yeah, that's that's the whole point of this. Um but Gen Five just it's such a it's such an experience that you you really don't find anywhere no, else correct. in the franchise. Yeah. Uh there's so many, there's so many moving, uh, moving parts with, um, you know, the rivals, the the evil team, the inner conflict with those evil teams, your your rivals, um, arcs, and and all these different characters. All the characters are really memorable. All the incredible Pokemon designs. The the, the art style is is awesome. Um, the the music you cannot forget the music like. Once you listen to Driftvale City, y- you only want to listen yeah, to Driftvale right. City. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Um, overall, I don't think that was a way that Gen 5 could have been taught no. for me. Um, but like... It, that, that was one of your first Pokemon um, games,
0: and like looking at it yeah. from that perspective, it, 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 is, was, it is kind of yeah. like a lot of people could dismiss that, and they'd just be like, oh, well, it was one of your first Pokemon games, or it was your first Pokemon game sort of thing. Like, of course that's going to be your opinion, right? But I think I think where that sort of comes yeah. in is like, I but, agree with a lot of the points you're putting out, and you agree a lot of the points that I'm putting out as somebody yeah. that was like you know looking back on pokemon through my history with it i'm kind of like um you know this is a game changer this this did change the formula of pokemon to a degree where it became so good for just that brief moment in time when generation 5 existed that and it was it was during a time when the yeah. th- when the ds was dying the 3ds was already out when black 2 and white 2 came out like we were already moving on to different mm. things. And as such, Black 2 and White 2 got really overshadowed and they give so much context to the first games that it makes a complete package. Yeah. So it's a shame that a lot of people missed it. Mm.
1: I think, um, well, yeah, the whole uh, Rose to Glasses thing is, yeah, you could say that, but, for me, at least personally, um, for this, I wanted to... Even uh, for a while, um, I've been thinking about um, Pokémon a lot more critically. I've been thinking about everything a lot more critically. Um, and I just... I really wanted, to, especially for this, to just... Um, to really just look at it... Ob- well, not objectively, obviously, because it's still op- op- opinionated, um, but objectively compared to the other generations, uh, and how I felt about them, um, and I really wanted to, to justify my love for Gen 5, um, because it really, <laughs> it may have been my first Pokemon games, but, they're, like, they're not perfect, right, they, they've got flaws, of course, like, I don't think the, uh, the post-game of, uh, Black and White one, uh, I don't think that that was all that incredible. Th- like they're not no, yeah. they're not perfect. But they're the strongest, I feel, games in the series. And um like other Pokemon games have introduced things that like I said, regional forms, the best thing that I yeah. think they've yeah, introduced absolutely, yeah. in the series. Um, and and with Max Raids also another one of the best things that they've ever done with this series. Other games can top Gen Five. It's just no, they haven't that's pulled one out that has yet. Like you, I don't think that you going into Gen Five would have thought that Gen Five would end up topping. No, Gen absolutely 2 not.
0: No, no. I,
1: I Nobody would think thought that. I didn't think that ever. I think for any
0: generation, yeah, I, so I don't, I like, mm. I never went into a new generation thinking that oh i was going to get you know like i was going to get so blown away that gen 2 would look like shit like ever i never thought that would happen and it never did happen absolutely uh, and like it still didn't happen with gen 5 quite clearly but gen 5 did top it
1: yeah and i'm gonna be honest i from what i'm seeing of legends arceus it it has the potential to be that game that blows my socks off um, and beats Gen 5 for me. Mm -hmm. It's it's very possible that, you know, obviously I've been dreaming about this game since I was a small child. Of course I'm going to be unreasonably (laughs) excited for it. But if they do it well, if they do it well enough to genuinely beat Gen 5 for me, then... Well, there you go, you know, like I'm not gonna see that coming. nobody could see that coming um yeah <laughs> it's it's it it's gonna take a lot of effort to beat gen five uh not just for me, but for mm-hmm. a lot of other people who feel the same um it's just they they need to do everything that they did well in Gen 5 and just yep. hit it out of the park again which is uh, difficult to talk because they did it so well but they could at any at any time and no there's just that little bit of coming. extra
0: heart that needs to happen and like that it, that is kind of like the moral of it all really i, f- I feel like i feel like there was a lot of hu- yeah. like a lot of heart put into Gen 5 uh trying to tell a more compa- compelling story um, and it, uh, is, you know, it, it, it's taken years for people to sort of open their eyes and realize that maybe Gen's not as bad as they thought, like Gen Five's not as bad as they thought. And I think, I think it's slowly encroaching on people just Absolutely. how good it was. Um, and I do hope that people do find their discovery and love for Generation 5, so, you know, um, I'm kind of hoping that if anybody listens to this <laughs> list and they gave Gen Five a miss, I hope this has kind of convinced you that it's more than entirely possible to love that generation. Yeah. Um,
1: and if you if you play through Pokemon games, just mashing A through the dialogue, if you do that, I am going to yeah. come to your house. No, you
0: can't. Caps. You do can't skip the dialogue in Gen, Gen 5. Five, and that that like. That's the thing, is like, that's like Gen Five is uh, Gen Five is um a story which a lot of a lot of Pokemon games before it or whatever, a lot of it was just skippable text, but most of the text in Gen Five relates to something relates to something.
1: Right? It's a big it's a big um story that's constantly moving and even even in little uh character dialogue with uh, like, for example, that scene with um, Alda and Charon or Elisa and Bianca, those are essential parts to their character arcs. Those are big turning points in their characters. And if you skip one of those Absolutely. scenes, you miss so much. Because those scenes are so... Yeah, they're raw. Those scenes are really good. And even 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 in just... Um, like your fight against Charon in Victory Road. There is a lot of 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 um <laughs> there's a lot of heart in that fight because of what you've seen mm-hmm. Charon go through and and how his character has changed and evolved. it's just Yeah, just do it. Go play Gen Five, man. Just go play it. Go X. Ex- <laughs> Ex- no, yeah. don't play it. Experience it. Experience, experience Gen Five. 5. Man. It's and so good. It's absolutely. It's something you need to do. And, this is just been been our, Gen five, uh, <laughs> our Gen Five podcast. Uh Gen Five. No, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, that's, that's what this is. I, th-
0: I think that's that's definitely what it's turned into. <laughs> but you know what? Uh, there's a reason for it. Gen yep. Five deserves it. it. It is. That's right. It's deserved. it's. deserved. If there's anything to take from yep. this list uh, to anybody that skipped Gen Five, it's uh, maybe. Maybe try again. Um you will uh Yeah. That, Maybe uh, don't. <laughs> like, yeah, them. don't skip the text. <laughs> read the text please. But anyway. That being said, that was yeah. that was a pretty lengthy conversation and a very good list. Um I uh, oh, I absolutely. think we got a lot of feelings there, even though we only gave ourselves like three minutes each to talk and uh, like I mean sometimes we break that limit a bit. Yeah. But we we definitely had a very <laughs> just, very good chat um i think that this Absolutely. list is actually more accurate than i thought it would turn out to be in uh, like in terms of how i feel mm. um and uh yeah. you know maybe with the exception of gen 4 being higher than i thought but you know that that is my own personal opinion um but yeah. overall i think it's pretty accurate I, I think that, like, between people who ended up in two different spots of Pokemon loving, uh, that we have come to this conclusion. And uh, I think it's a pretty good list. I think it's uh, very well tiered. Uh, so I do want to give uh, a big yeah. thank you to you, Meta, for uh, coming to the House of Mario this week because you've <sighs> absolutely knocked it down the ballpark, man. Uh, this has been a... Oh, well it, man we it, it it has been a three you. hour conversation <laughs> it is really hard to keep up a three and a three hour fifteen minute conversation. trust me, drew and I have done it multiple times. It can get oh, very God. difficult
1: um yeah, no. but
0: oh my gosh yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah it's three like, hours. i mean that's that, that's pokemon right it's easy to get lost oh, boy. um and yeah. there's there's a lot more oh, that we could have possibly discussed on this topic absolutely um, and I definitely mm. think uh that You know, if it ever happened again, uh, and we had a conversation similar to this again in the next 20 years when five more generations (laughs) of Pokemon come out, um, that, like, this conversation would span, like, 10 hours. You know? There's there's, there's just no way. Like, it it does... You can't condense, like, that entire 25-year history of a great series... Down to like minuscule finite bits of sand, it just doesn't work, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, our original plan was to try and spend uh yes. 20 minutes on each generation, um, just, just as a <laughs> whole. Yeah, that ain't <laughs> happening, man. <laughs> Obviously, that <laughs> fell through, um, because you know, tw- 20, mi- 20 minutes times about eight, what is that, two hours and yeah. A bit, but like, uh, yeah, then, bit then over. think of like the, over bleed the bleed over overall and we...
0: then think about the Pokemon news that come out this week. Like mm. that would have easily been a four and a half yeah. hour podcast.
1: Oh, totally. If we, if we, <laughs> but but then again, obviously we went um, more in depth with uh, yeah. stuff like Gen Five, Gen Eight, yeah. especially Gen Eight, um, compared to our little uh, the the little discussions about Gen three and six specifically um like those were definitely differently sized but yeah no overall I think we've done I think this so too, man. really really well uh and, yeah. it, and it was fun and it was fun uh thank you thank you for making the time to comment. obviously
0: <laughs> you know like uh during this little bit of a, a drew drought uh having having that extra hand to make a good like this this is quality I like I like this content this is good content right here uh mm. And you know what? Yeah, um, hashtag meta is a champ in uh, the Discord. If you get this far, uh, you know, uh, you deserve that hashtag, <laughs> man. Meta is definitely a champ. Um, oh. So what we're going to do Thank is uh, we're going to call it on that, my friend. Uh, I think we, we're we both at like the 12 p.m. mark where we're like, all right, uh, 12 a.m. mark rather where we're like, all right, we need to go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god alright yeah, so uh, thank you for everyone for listening mm. to the house of mario today episode 203 yeah. if you enjoyed listening to the podcast you could leave us a really nice apple review just like a really really juicy one that would be great uh, you can follow us on socials at the house mario at twitter and then you've got uh, drew and i drewby me and I V riven and meta do you want your twitter in there
1: yeah, sure. Um I don't really post much, just memes and shit. I just retweet stuff, but um it's at Metadocs M E T T A D U X. Uh it's nothing special, <laughs> you don't need to just come yeah. talk to us the, come and that's talk the to next the thing to plug. come talk to us. Come talk to us the discord that's what we should be yeah yeah that's the in the
0: discord we, find, we we yeah. get together and we talk about yeah things pretty much daily at this point and it is it is you know a very uh, active and mm. little chirpy community and we love it so much uh and you can definitely find the Absolutely. link to that in our show notes down the bottom uh, and you know what? Uh, sometimes we do these things called. Sta- I'm gonna I'm gonna say this because this actually might gauge some interest. Sometimes Drew and I like to do things uh, in Discord, which is uh, similar. It would which is stages. I should just say, uh, stages in Discord, where we will have people listen live in on the podcast, and uh, you can put your hand up, and we can select you to speak if you want to talk about a specific subject while we're in the rec room or whatever. That's what we do, man. So, if you ever feel like getting in on the podcast and helping us uh, helping us talk about a topic or whatever have you, or you want your opinion heard or whatever, you can jump in on that when we get back to regular scheduled content. Uh, you can also uh, watch the show and on Drew's YouTube channel at uh, iDruby and Twitch channel under the same name, too, whenever we do live stuff. Uh, and uh, I think that's about it for the plugs, my man. Um we do yeah. have uh, we do have the Patreon covered now by our new outro, so that's not a problem anymore. So I don't have to even mention it. Um, so uh, I want to uh, say one more wholeheartedly thank you to Meta for jumping on. Thank you, man.
1: Thank you very much. Well, thank you th- thank you for having me. I-, I love I love coming on and talking to you boys. It's Absolutely, a, man. Thank you so time. much.
0: And to everybody else, the doors are now closing, and we will see you next week. Bye. Ciao.
1: You just listened to The House of Mario, a South Australian Nintendo podcast. Be sure to follow the boys on Twitter, leave an Apple Podcasts review, and join the Discord server to be a part of the community. A big thank you to these legends who support the show on Patreon at the producer level. Alex Harding, Sam Hay, and DJ, if you would also like your name in the credits, Head over to Patreon.com slash and choose the tier that works for you. Until next time, we hope your day is 120 Power Star rated.